What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Where do you want to start? Actually, no, before we start with, with what you want to talk about, let's run through the guests for the day. Uh, I mentioned this before if you're watching All Access. We have Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading joining us in a few minutes here. We have Brian Overby, the Senior Options Analyst at Ally Invest, coming on the show at 1230. And we're going to have Tony Benson uh, run through his patterns in the flash at 1 o'clock and Mark Moran from Liquidity Capital on at 1.30. That's the plan for the day now. Aaron, what is on your mind today? Um, first things first, I think we should talk about Square, Spencer. Or Block, Inc., sorry. Square, Block, whatever you want. Facebook, call it. Meta, Google, Alphabet, Tomato, Potato, whatever. So, uh, Block... Here, I'll, I'll pull up a chart. Okay. Um, they, they, uh, the company reported earnings yesterday. Yep. Everything pretty much came in as a beat. They matched in, in terms of revenue. It was $4.1 billion expected. Uh, come on, chart. Four point one billion came in, but um, the stock's trading like twenty percent higher today. And this is like PayPal, one of those stocks that's gotten absolutely beat down. Um, there we I'm, go. I, I'm, I'm interested in Square here now. Answer. Yeah. Oh, not gosh. today. Not okay. today. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 But like, just in general, because the report. See. See. Now, this is this is where it gets challenging, because we we've been talking about how you. You, you want to not buy stocks as they're crashing, right? You want to wait. If you, whether it's Square or anything that's been getting crushed, you want to wait, wait, wait. Well, in an ideal world, which we don't live in, but in an ideal world, you wait for the stock to, like, go sideways for a period of days or weeks or even months, right? You wait for consolidation. A huge gap up like this, all it does is create FOMO. I would I would also like Square is on my watch list too, Aaron. I just don't know if I I don't have the stomach for, to buy it up twenty five percent today. Yeah, and that's why I mean I might, I might wait for a small drawdown from this uh, big leg up. But the one thing that I guess kind of worried me about the report is they cited uh, Bitcoin as as a big cause for their and it's just like. I mean, oh wait, Bitcoin like trading activity? Yeah. Oh, we've seen this before. Right. And we've was, se- I've seen this, this this video before. It does not end well. And that was um that was Robin. They, they were reporting in the quarter that Bitcoin hit its all time highs. So there are a lot of stocks out there that trade with Bitcoin. I don't want to see uh Square become one of those because they they have, they have a good business outside of, you know, Cash App. Um you know, we got those headlines earlier in the year with Apple maybe uh beginning something that would make Square's product less necessary for businesses, but I I still like Block. Um, And I mean, when you zoom out, it's still down 43% over the last three months. Like that chart does not look good. All right, so you're still getting a bargain in some respects. You're still getting a bargain. I'm not going to go out today and buy it while it's up 25%. Me neither. If this was going to be like a long-term hold for me forever, then I really wouldn't care. I would buy it today and say... Um, you know, even if this goes back down to $100, who's care- who cares? I'm going to be holding it for years and years and years. It's not going to make a difference if I got it at 118 or, or 100 you know, you know what else Square talked about last night in their report was their, their, um, the launch of their new tax product. Mm. Uh, Square, what's it called? Square for taxes, something like that. Uh, and this is, this is a shot across the bow of Intuit. 
That's exactly what this is. If I if I were into it, and they also reported earnings. Um, come on, computer. Is that what the like secret account or secret product is? At, at, at Block? Yeah. Oh shoot, I really don't know. They have a product here. Let me pull up the uh, Twitter page for it. Could could be. I really don't know, honestly. It's called TBD five four. No, because they already launched it. They they already launched their their. But anyway, the point is, Square's got this tax product. It's basically a free tax filing service that you can do through Square. Um, I see no reason why why Intuit um, shouldn't be affected by this. It should be affected by this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this TBD. Um, like product is I something know. to do with crypto building an open decentralized finance system. Right. Maybe that's just nah, their, their own DeFi project. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, um, everyone's talking about uh, about the ghost of Kiev. You, you, you've heard about that, right? Yeah, I did that, see that. That that uh, what what, what just one plane? Yeah, it was right? like a jet, like a what, fighter. What, one fighter jet has been just mowing people down. I don't him. know. I don't. That doesn't make me happy though. That like. People are dying. You know what I mean. I mean, like I, gosh, I don't know, Aaron. I, I just hope this whole thing goes away soon. Um, the one thing I'll, uh, I will say, and I, uh, I was sort, of, I was so bewildered this morning, Aaron, because we got this headline that came from Russian state media that the Russians were hinting that they wanted to go to the the negotiating table. Uh, and the market took that so seriously this morning. Yes, as as, as a sign that the conflict is on its way towards de-escalation. And I don't know how. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you can possibly make that call right now. Um, yeah, and again, we are not uh, geopolitical experts over here. No, but I. I mean. All right, so we're just buying war. I mean, that's what you—that's what you call today's show, right? Basically, it's buy—it's buy war, right? Is that more or less the theme of, of of this market right now? Buy conflict. I mean, you you've done the research, or you found people that done the research. How do stocks typically perform in, in wartime? Well, I'm glad you asked, Spencer. All right, I'm I'm glad I asked too. We pull up. This comes from. Uh... Is Taiwan next? I certainly hope not. I used to live in Taiwan. Really? Yeah. I was a baby, so it like only half counts because I, I have fleeting memories of living in Taiwan. But I did live there for six months as a as a wee lad. So our most recent example of a big military conflict, um, at least what, what we're going off of, is from after September 11th. And, and you can see, so... It's pretty mixed, right? At the beginning, you get this big crash. Spy drew down from, from uh, around the 120 levels down here, 80, but then came back. So after the war on terror, it took a while for stocks to recover. That hasn't been so well, far. And, but again, 
The so wait, can you back, go back to that chart though? Wait, yeah. wait, when did when does this chart start from? It starts in two thousand one, like at during... we, we were in a we were in a recession. The dot com bubble had just burst, and we were in a recession, right? An so economic here's, recession. Here's some, That's the caveat. Here are some other examples where, um, well, again, even in World War Two, we were coming out of the Great Recession. So, um, the depression. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 50% or roughly a 7% annual return throughout the, throughout World War II. Um, during the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, the S&P gained a modest 20, around 30%, and that was uh, over eight years. So, um, uh, you know, about... Oh, oh, oh that's interesting. About, well, three or four, about three or four percent wait, annualized wait, return a year. Wait, is, is, that, is that Wayne being glib, a modest 29%? Over an eight-year period, that is modest. Oh, oh, oh! So I misread that. Um, yeah. Unless he may meant no, he didn't mean twenty-nine annual. No, no, that, he would have said that. I, if, no, twenty-nine percent annualized over eight years. That'd be insane. Means retire. Yeah, that's what that means. That means go buy an island and go home. Um, gosh, I, I, I go back to that chart that I shared yesterday from Ryan Dietrich on Twitter from LPL Financial. But basically, all that matters is do do conflicts occur in or around recessions or not um and we're not in a recession we're in an inflationary environment inflation's bad sure but we're not in a recession so that you, know, you mentioned uh that leads me to believe that the market if, if, if we look out february 25th of 2023 markets History tells us markets should be higher. Yeah, that's what history says. And and then Jay Rice is also, and I I don't necessarily disagree with that either, right? Is this is a whole other wrench, the Fed? But what are you gonna say? Um, it just escaped me for a moment. Right. So okay, I was gonna. Yeah. I want to talk about Chevron for a second. Can you pull up a Chevron chart? Chevron, the second largest oil company in, oh no, third largest oil company in the world, right? Behind Exxon and Saudi Aramco. Is that correct? Someone? Yes? Maybe? Bueller? Bueller? Probably. It sounds right. Even if it's not right, it sounds right. Chevron, what, what do you got for me? All right. I'm going to pull up a chart as well. This is the daily uh, crude oil. I think we've hit the I think we've hit the peak of, of oil price for right now, because we already we look. So here's the chart. You can see this is right where Russia invades. I should share it on the screen. No, no, I, I know. Yeah, I know you are. I just wanted to see something. See what? No, no nothing. Nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Russia invades Ukraine here. This is what everyone was worried about. Um, Russia is the second. Can you can you accept cookies? It's going to piss me off. Okay. Sorry. Um, Russia is the second or third largest oil producing country in the world. Yep. This is why oil prices skyrocketed to 105. It was the highest price since we go to the five-year chart um, since 2014, which we can't even get back to on a five-year chart. So basically my point is the catalyst that brought us to these, you know, decade high oil prices has already passed. And what I'd be worried about buying oil stocks here is that because, yeah, because we, we rely on, on Russia for some sort of oil, the OPEC countries meet, Russia excluded, and decide, hey, we just turn the spigot on. I mean, simple uh, supply and demand. No, they wouldn't, they wouldn't turn the spigot on. 
Yeah, to make Russia's oil less valuable. Oh, oh, oh the Saudis would? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I don't know. I've got to be honest. I don't even know. So you, you, you have OPEC and you have OPEC Plus, right? OPEC right. Plus includes Russia. Yes. And I and I am no, I am not a member of the uh, uh, what, what's the what's the the, the Twitter hashtag? Um, the O O T T, the oil trading, oil trading Twitter, whatever. So it escapes me right now whether Russia and OPEC are on are on good terms. I don't I don't I don't know. But if if they are, that throws a wrench in your argument. But if they're not, then yeah, maybe the Saudis could do that. But I don't know. Well, the bottom line is that the strongest, it's like the, the, us and UAE. Like if we wanted to pressure them, they do have a relationship. Yeah, with Russia. Couldn't, couldn't we just open our reserves and just? Yeah, exactly. So so that's one way that people have been talking about ways to sanction Russia. Say, hey, let's take away one of their most valuable exports, oil, by turning the spigot on. So I don't know. Um, I would just be that. That's what I'd be worried about buying oil right now. I mean, Chevron's at, at new all-time highs. I, I think there's a there is an environment where Chevron stock can do well, even if oil prices stay stay stagnant or even go down a little bit. Um, so I'm not I'm not quite sure. Um, sorry, doing a few things at once. Oh wait, we we just did that, Easy Mike, saying we just oh, oh yes, we, we, no, I meant like do it more though. I meant, I meant really like go and go, really open the, the the reserves up, you know. Um, but yes, you're right. Here, here, what he here, what he did, uh, said that yesterday. Um, I wanted to go back to Square for a second, Aaron. Yeah, and it wasn't just Square. It's not Square specifically, actually. It it's just it's all these. So you like Square, I like Shopify. Um, and what, what, what worries me now is if I'm wrong, come on, computer, dear Lord, so slow today. It's a good laptop normally, but today is just not working out. If you're wrong, your next stop is like, if I'm wrong, then I'm not going to get a shot at, at, on, on Shopify. Oh, you're saying if you're wrong about the markets coming back if down If I'm again. wrong about the markets coming back down again, I, I, I've been saying all the way down, I'd love to own Shopify, right? But at what point, and this is not a rhetorical question, at what point do you say I'm wrong, let me get in? And I really don't want to capitulate to that FOMO. But at it's a question, if you have a shopping list as – as you should, as most people probably do, because so many stocks are beaten down. At what point do you admit defeat and say, "Okay, I'm buying," or do you just say, "Screw it"? This is this is what I did in the spring of 2020. I said, "Screw it, I'm going to buy every once a month, every single month, regardless." And that's what I did all the way until I was where I wanted to be as far as uh, amount of cash versus amount of stocks is concerned. Um, do you, do you just say screw it? I'm I'm going to buy the last day of every month and dollar cost average my way in this thing, or do you just say, or do you watch the chart? I don't know the answer to that question. I really don't. I I would I would want to own Shopify here. If if Shopify gets to 800 in a couple of days, which it's liable to do, it, it it's within their own possibility by like Wednesday, bit 800. Now we're talking about you know a 200 point rally, in you know in, in a week or so. I mean. 
So here's I, I, I don't know what to do. I was having this discussion yesterday um, with someone about dollar cost averaging, and and someone said they never dollar cost average in because they've uh, had times in the past where they've been buying a stock on the way down. And they keep adding to it, and it just keeps going down. Yeah, it's not. No rule or strategy investing is going to be a hundred percent. You know, 100% success rate. So, just like anything else, there are times to do it and times not to do it. For instance, I dollar cost average into the SP 500 because I I know historically over time the SP 500 goes up. I can put in $50 a month or something that's, you know, very reasonable and just build my position over time. However, I'm not going to dollar cost average into a speculative uh, tech stock that I may have been wrong about. You know, like I bought QuantumScape at. Some ridiculous oh, yeah. uh, thing. And I'm, I'm yeah. not dollar cost averaging in a quantum scape because honestly, it was a bet. Your bet, this company doesn't have batteries out on the market yet. I'm, I'm betting on future production. So I'm not going to continue to bet on future production when I already have. But I don't put Shopify in the quantum scape category. So if I were you, Spencer, and I, w- I were looking to build a position into Shopify, I would start right now. I, it's, it's, it's not all the time in the markets where you have a company and this isn't like you know some company from the dot com bubble dot com bubble that drew down 50% or something shopify is a very strong company they've got a very good business model they make a lot of money oh, and the stock see. is off, off its highs by more than 50% so i would say um, it, it wouldn't say you had $500 you wanted to get into shopify with just throw $100 into it today, and you still have 80% of the cash you were going to put into Shopify left on the table in case you're right, and it does come back down. And then if you're wrong and it keeps going up, you can at least say, hey, so, I got so, it. So, so nibble here. Nibble here. Nibble here. Nibble here. Gosh, it breaks all. It breaks my rule of what, not— bro, What nibbling? Nibbling. You, you can't break a rule with nibbling. Nibbling breaks no rules. There's no rule against nibbling. I literally said yesterday and this morning, and I have not changed my mind. What's going on with my chart? I've not changed my mind on the fact that. Uh, so I, I'm curious here. That, that I my appetite for new longs is not is not very big right now. Not very hungry. Um, but again, uh, yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, I mean, at a certain point, you have to you have to entertain the possibility that you're wrong. And, and so I'm I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but. Give me another day or so, and I very well may be there. May, you know, maybe at the point of yeah, I, I got this one wrong. We are clearly coming back. Um, so I'm curious. Um, that was the flush. I don't know. I, I'm curious. Jay Rice saying it's uh, still expensive, which I don't disagree it is, with. It is. You. It is, uh, and that's that's the other thing. It is oh, on what a price on a price to sales level. Uh, PE? It, both, both. It's still an expensive stock. And did did we all of a sudden in the last two days did did the market environment really change that that dramatically? Are are we are we out of this um, sell all high growth mindset? Why? Because well, no, no, of course not. because the Fed is no longer going to raise rates seven or eight times, and they're right. going to makes, it and, makes and, those and, and they're going to raise rates three or four times instead. I I mean I I don't know I I, I, I yes I think. Your your answer was no. You yes no is the answer, right? The answer is no. I don't think the market environment really changed in the last couple of days. That's why I'm sort of struggling here with uh, my own psychology 
And um, Jesse, are you coming on today, man? Yeah, Shelly, I know it's Shelly. Thank you. I know it's it's not just me. I might have. Uh... Did you send Jesse the wrong link? Jesse, we got you, man. No, wait. I don't. Oh man, see Cornell. I don't know if I've seen that episode of, of Seinfeld. If I if I if I have, I don't remember that reference. Um, well, it it shouldn't be the wrong link. Wait, Jesse. wait. Waiting on a rumor though is also not a good strategy. <laughs> yes, yeah. Check, check, check. I, I sent an email thirty one minutes ago. Let me click on the link. Uh, I do think yesterday was driven by. Fed expectations, because how else do you explain the fact that tech went up and banks went down? It is sort of, it does boggle the mind. What the hell? I mean, I'm looking at ARKK here. Just keeping an eye on that is my, my proxy, right? My proxy for growth. My proxy for expensive stocks. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with the, can't argue with the last couple of days here, so... My plan here, you know what? Let's do this. The close is very important. And I and this came up on, on the last show, and I want to ask you, Aaron. Um, All right, so I'm trying to figure out this, Jesse, this link thing because... You gave him the wrong link? No, it's the right link, but he's saying it's not working. That's not, that's not good. Um, the question here, let me pose this question to, to the chat because uh, Aaron is busy. Um... Do you think, or maybe in your own in, in your own portfolios, if you if you have swing longs on right now, if you have day trades on or swing trades on right now, do you want to go into the weekend long or or net long or net short in in low in those trades? Because I personally don't want to go into the weekend net long or net short on any. I want to go into the weekend flat on on my trades, right? I don't have any. Any interest in in being like? Because who the heck knows what's gonna happen? Easy Mike says buy protection. I guess that would be the obvious thing to do. I, I mean, we we we, we, we could buy some here. Uh, we could go buy some spy puts if we wanted to. Or nah, I'd rather do the cues. I was gonna do one. I'll do the cues. Here's, here's the thing, Spencer. To that point, over the weekend, and and I'm gonna bring up Brian Blockchain's. Uh, comment he says net long at these prices I, of course i'm net long at these prices over time. well i, I, so I, I i'm net long in, i'm i'm an investor first i'm a net long in general right. we're both net long that goes without saying you should all be net long i hope um but for the trading stuff yeah and so basically if you're trading if you're holding something over the weekend whether you're bullish or bearish um i i know i would hate to be bearish over the weekend because if you're bearish over the weekend, well, I don't know how much you, you, you care about those trades, but you, you could be bearish just over the weekend in anticipation that we open lower on Monday, that some things happen over the weekend. But I would hate to be in a position where I'm making money off of more escalation in this war. And I see it just oh, as... Yeah. That's the other thing. It feels so dirty. I see, I see it just as likely that we get... And I, I, know, I know nothing. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I see it just as likely, because I don't know that we see you know, positive headlines like the one Spencer mentioned earlier about potential de-escalation as I do about more escalation. And that doesn't make one more likely the other. Just in my head, I see it as like a 50-50. I, I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. So whether we, we do, and I, I pray and I hope we do get that de-escalation, 
That would be amazing for markets on Monday. And if I was holding puts into I don't that, even know if it would be. That's the thing, is I don't even know if it would be. We've gone up since Russia invaded Ukraine. So I don't even know if it would be good for markets. I guess not, Dude, if, they, if they thought that it was... Does uh, a de-escalation mean eight hikes are back on the table? <laughs> because if that's the case, then we're going back down to either way. I don't know. Either way, we're screwed, I feel like. It's a rock and a hard place. Bad I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think the de-escalation, even with the rate hikes, would still be bullish for the market. Maybe not for like certain growth tech stocks. I Jesse, I just shot you another email. Jesse, man, we are sending you the link. I don't know what else to tell you. The link works. <laughs> Check your firewall, man. Clear your cash. Clear your cash. That's a good one. Clear. Clear your cookies. I don't know what else. Yeah, and if you do, if 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 you're throwing out like bold, what up, Mimi? Welcome to uh, our newest YouTube member, Mimi Rothschild. Is she related to the Rothschild family? That's a global conspiracy theory. Mimi elected to join Benzinga's YouTube membership. Mimi has access to emojis of Aaron Bree and myself and Hot Stocks Luke and Money Mitch and loyalty badges, and you can too by clicking that join button on youtube.com slash Benzinga. There will be more perks offered. We're, we're going to uh, be aligning the YouTube membership with some of our current um, subscription offerings, just so you all know. So more perks to come, Mimi. Stay tuned. Welcome to the jungle. Holy cow, the market's absolutely ripping right now. Let's bring up my cues. I take my cues from the cues. I did the same thing I did yesterday when I, I bought TQQ calls when we went red. Since you can't do this, I, Jesse, I'm about to email you, man. Because <laughs> clearly, whatever Aaron did ain't working for you. What? Well, I, 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 I don't know. Send him a different I don't link? Know. Hey, I didn't say I knew the answer. I said I'm going to do it. So, and hopefully, we're going to get a different. If if you email the link and it works on. Oh no. Hold on a second. Jesse, I'm coming for you. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I'm so happy it's Friday, aren't you? I can't wait. I can't wait to just... The problem is, like, uh, I almost think that the weekend will be worse because then I'll just be thinking about the market all weekend, um, which is unhealthy. It's good to decompress every once in a while. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's try... All right, try that. And I, I'm going to actually try it myself, Jesse, to see if it works for you. One second. All right, cues are ripping here. Yes, same story. Can I get that charger, by the way? Yeah. Thank you. Hmm. Works for me, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jay Rice wants to know why you didn't listen to Options Mike yesterday. <laughs> Options Mike gets all the props in the world. He came on in the middle of He a... came on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When it was the hardest to be bullish. But, but let's, let's show the people. He came on. This is the cues. He was on right there. We had just spent the morning rallying, and he was on in this period of consolidation, and he said, yep, I'm buying. And I said, no. And he said, yes. And he was right, and I was wrong for the moment. I know, and, and Options Mike also said he thought the oil trade was off, so I, I kind of want to follow him on that one, too. 
Should I, should I just go buy some QQQ put just to give myself some? Yeah, it's not. If you, it's if not you even keep saying you think it's gonna happen. Put some skin in the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. All right. Um, okay. So let me. Th- that should be a new rule. New rule. Yeah, you, you gotta. You, have skin you, in the you game. can't complain. Yeah, you can't just say if you don't have skin in the game. Say, if you say if you make That's a bold fair. claim about a stock going to a certain price, I want you. To, I want you. I want to see the skin in the game. If you say, "Oh, Aaron, you're stupid. Roblox is going to 100." Pro- I want to see your All Roblox right. 95 calls. Yo, your open door is still falling. Is open door? Are open door and Beyond Meats? Those are your only two growth stocks, like not running today. Are, are they still? Is Beyond? I think the Beyond trade might just be dead. Might be Beyond saving. It might be. Oh, you know what I thought was interesting about the uh, the headline with um. Oh, they bounced here. Uh, Carl Icahn at McDonald's. What about it? He only owns like twenty-five, thousand uh, like dollars worth of the stock. Like it is not a big position for him at all. I think he owns the exact minimum amount of like shares needed to have a say or whatever it is. But he, like, when I saw that he had a position at McDonald's and was taking them on, I thought it was like a significant position. And honestly, after watching the documentary, I think it's because he's gotten so much criticism for he only does these things to make, make a lot of money. So if he, I think, I think I saw a, a thing from him where he said this is not about the money. Well, clearly not, because he's only got. He, right. And by the way, a, a twenty-five thousand dollar position to and, and probably anyone watching, myself or Spencer, would be a very, very significant position for Carl Icahn. That is no skin in the game. Yeah. He probably holds more McDonald's stock than that. Just in ETFs. Um, I don't know what he. I I don't know if he if he owns ETFs if he owns a funds. Um, wait. The, the question in the chat from who was it? Asking about Square. I'm trying to fact check you right now. Um, Sustra. The earnings were not down twenty seven cents. The earnings. The EPS. They beat on EPS. I think actually slightly missed on revenue. I think it was 4.2 and they came in at 4.17. Yeah, so no, the earnings weren't down. The, the earnings were profitable. They made 27 cents per share, um, which came in up. Not only what it's two things. It's how does it compare to consensus street estimates, which was 22 cents, so it was higher. How does it compare to the, the year ago quarter? The year ago quarter, it was lower, but if you look at the growth rate, the, from the, compare the Q3s year over year, Compare the Q2s year over year. Compare the Q1s year over year. The uh, the growth rate between the Q4s, uh, the, the gap is shrinking. So, honestly, my my honest take on Square today is it's all about timing. That's the truth. Forget the numbers. It's all about timing. If Square reported Wednesday night, a bad example. If Square uh, reported uh, Tuesday night. It would have gotten crushed on Wednesday. I I'm, I'm, I feel very convicted in that. But it reported into a market that is bouncing. So let's just buy everything. Who cares what the numbers were? Buy it all. The timing trumps all in the short term. That's my take. Okay, forget the numbers. Numbers matter in the long term. Numbers, numbers are everything. The earnings, the financials, the, the EBITDA, the price to earnings, the price to sales, right? The the whatever ratio you want to choose, they matter. Eventually, short term, they don't mean they don't mean anything. So, um, 
That's and where I'm Coinbase, at. we should talk about Coinbase's earnings too. I bet you Coinbase was higher today. I haven't looked at Coinbase in, in, well, in hours. You would have been wrong for 99% of the day, but in the last five minutes, you're right. <laughs> All right, so it sold off off the open. Sold off off the open and just turned green. That's interesting. Coinbase, Coinbase's chart, by the way, if, if you don't mind pulling it up on a daily, um, if you, uh, is this, can we get a daily? Wait, Mimi. Mimi says she can't hear us. Producer Rohan, are we having any audio issues? No, everyone else can hear us. Mimi, I would check your audio settings on your computer. So whatever your output is, make sure it's not set to like some headset that you have connected. Put it on your computer speakers or however you're watching. Um, let us know if you're still having problems, and we'll we'll help you troubleshoot. That's Coinbase chart, man. Holy crap! Remember when it got to four, how high did it get? Four eighty? Something like that. Um, I it it kind of looks like we might have a little double bottom reversal pattern here. Double bottom reversal. Oh wait, I'm I'm so stupid. What? I was just like speaking out loud, suggestions for Mimi, but she can't hear us. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> that was why I didn't know what else said. I just noticed that. <laughs> can someone type Rohan? Can you help me? me oh, that was just dumb. type in the YouTube chat how uh that was really to make sure her computer Mimi, Mimi. No, stop talking. If you can hear me. <laughs> press one if you can hear me, Mimi. Only Mimi. No one else. Oh, Jesse's here. Jesse, I'm bringing you on. Oh, Jesse's here? Yeah. Wait, so, Jesse, can we get your screens shared? All right, that means we need headphones. What is going on here? Jesse Kaler, what's up, man? What's up? I made it. I'm alive. We got, we're on. What is wrong? I, I don't understand. So in the calendar event, when you go in, it clicks on. It's just every time it sends. Same thing happened uh, the other oh, day. You, oh, oh, you're going from the calendar? Yeah. Oh, that could be why. I wasn't getting maybe... into like a regular email. When you sent me the here. email just now, right. boom, here I am. All right. I'll, I'll get that fixed for next week. So now on, Aaron, uh... you're fired for emailing. Uh, the email problem. Wait, no, Jesse, come on. Don't throw me under the bus here. If you look uh, at the e- – I emailed you twice today, not on the calendar, outside of the calendar. But you're right. Uh, the you're cal- stuck in the, the calendar. The calendar, that, calendar okay, does. that's where we should have been clear. Anyway, Jesse, let's bring up your charts here. I, I would love your perspective on this. Okay. Um, yeah, let me pull that up here. And also, have you recovered from the Super Bowl hangover? Or yeah, I'm good. Yeah, he's good. <clears throat> we're good. He's good. We're good. Okay, we're good. Good. But um, yeah, I've basically gone. I told you like last week or whenever we were on that I went pretty much almost all cash, and I've just been trying to find stocks that I like for the long term. Tesla was one today. I put it in the chat and I I called out um this low here at seven. I said seven eighty two stop when it was at seven eighty three. Got in, took ten points. And then um, that's it. That's the, that trade. And the only other trade that we put in there was the DraftKings from yesterday. Sold this morning. Yeah, DraftKings was trading well. I know it's um, kind of come off the come off its levels a little bit today. Oh, but it's but it's it's been trade been trading pretty well since about ten a.m. Um, Jesse, did you see the uh, Tesla like Kimball Musk news? I didn't know. Oh yeah, the, yeah SEC, the SEC. SEC's kind of. They, they have questions. I have to look that up. I didn't even see anything. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it a little bit later on the show as well. Um, let's see. Anything else on your radar? Um, I I took the trade 
that Spencer was talking about the um, huh? for the Which for one? the the war trade basically. Um, I can't remember what is that the one we were. I, I literally put it in there. I just bought one share. It's like four hundred dollars a share. I forget what it's called what? right now. L and T. Lockheed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just put in a stop loss and walked away for the day because I was done trading and I took profit on that. So thanks, Spencer. I had a four hundred three. Uh, uh, what was it? Four point three percent profit on that. So thanks. I, nice. Yeah, I got into a, a DraftKings trade the other day from Spencer that that performed pretty well too. So all right, I'm I'm making money for others, which is great. I like jumped in and Spencer was like, yeah, Lockheed Martin. He's like break it out here. He's like you know doing real well, and I was like, all right, I'll buy. It just one. I just bought one share, and I've been taking very small trades, one to ten shares, nothing crazy, very tight stops, um, almost risking negligible amounts that don't mean anything at that point to me anyway, where I'm just like, you know what, if I lose 20, 30 bucks on a trade, whatever. But if I can make, you know, a couple hundred bucks a day in this environment, let's go with it. And then that's my trading portfolio. Long-term I'm with everybody else right now. I think, you know, it's a flip, it's a flip of the coin. Could we see more retracement here? Are we going to come back and try to challenge those lows that Spencer says we're not that, you know, in your mind, you don't think that's going to be the, the low of the of the move here if we come back and test those and break through and make a lower low then um you know we could see some further downside but at the end of the day i'm still buying and and i'm actually averaging in on the long term without even looking at the account i set up my pro my parameters what i wanted to buy regardless of market regardless of news regardless of what's going on i'm going to buy on my monthly plan you know i buy every two weeks and i put a certain amount of my my income into about 15 stocks and over time my plan is and by the time i'm 50 which um 14 years away that they'll be worth more than what i put in that's the goal and if i get significant gains in them i have um triggers where you know if i double my money then i'll sell 50 percent. i have that already in place so i don't have to look at it stare at it if we get a 40 percent move in a day i have alerts that go off that tell me hey you made 40 percent on your money in a day maybe time to take a little off the table on this one, you know, but other yeah. than that, I'm just staying is staying calm, you know, got kids at home. I'm definitely talking to the wife. She's not a big news person or, um, one, one to watch. She works and takes care of the kids. You know, she doesn't really pay attention to what's going on. And I was talking to her today about everything, um, what's, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, it's, it's definitely something that puts a little pit in your stomach when you think about it. And it's, and it's something that's, it's, it worries me period when it comes to whether the markets are just um you know just the idea that that can happen in this um century so. wait do you do you have uh sorry do you have lockheed's chart up right now yeah i wonder i mean it, say we did get lucky and we got some like de-escalation news over the weekend like it looked like the war wasn't gonna heat up to it i mean like this looks like it could be setting up for a, for a, a short trade if we do get some news like that yeah um possibly you can see that it's had some pullbacks when it's ripped really high but at the same time this was kind of a steady grind it wasn't like a. yeah just, i mean it, it, it's been moving really well since about like mid-november here? yeah now if you got one of these and it spikes up to like 420 then i think you know jump get, gets a real big jump on the daily that's when i would look to short it for like the uh, like a, a next week play like two weeks out kind of thing yeah i might just stay away from it well unless 
unless I wanted to buy just like a way out of the money. Because that's the thing with a company like Lockheed, it's it's seen increased volatility right now. So you got to imagine the contracts are a lot more expensive for the stock right now than they usually are, um, just with that increased volatility. But buy the, the stock- shares, sucker. No. <laughs> don't buy well, the I don't want. I I wouldn't want to because I wouldn't want to buy shares of this right now because then you're basically hoping for. I mean, I guess it all depends on how you frame it because you Make could say, like, oh, I'm not hoping for more war, but if we do get more war, then at least I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know. Either way, I was, I, char- I was basing it off of the technicals when I heard and when I looked at it with, um, with Spencer. For me, I, I didn't even think about it like that at the same time. You know, some people won't, they probably won't. There's a lot of people that won't even trade around, uh, the war stocks, I believe, too. Like, they don't believe in trying to make money off of things of that nature. So exactly. Me, I would love to, I, I would love to make I would love to make money off shortiness. I just don't know if that's smart right now. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah, it's about to take off again. It looks like it's about to break out even higher. Um What have you been trading? Have you been doing What have you been doing, Aaron? Have you been making any trades um, today? so yesterday I got into a um I could pull up my screen if you want, but I got into some TQQQ calls in the morning um and ended up selling those for a nice gain this morning and then when the markets kind of dipped on the open today i bought a couple more tqq calls and those are up about 60 percent right now they oh well they were up a little bit more um but it looks like the queues just had a, a small little drawdown but I, I i also was looking at chevron um i think if i think if we've seen the peak in oil prices right now that chevron could be setting up its cvx um but i was, just I, I was wrong I was wrong on that one because I actually bought some puts yesterday and it opened a lot higher today, but now it's looking a little toppy on like the intraday chart. Yeah, you're getting up to these previous resistance levels and it's, compl- I mean, look how it complemented that so well that this could be a nice little pullback. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we break, if we break through, if we break through those resistance levels, it could be setting up for a long trade. But my thing is we, we saw... Uh, the stock move higher when oil prices hit 105 a barrel, and since then we've just been moving down on the oil prices, and it looks like we may have seen our our top there. And if that's the case, then I just don't see how Chevron stock continues to move higher. But um, again, I, I was wrong on that. Lost some money on the puts today, but my TQQ calls, uh, you know, evened it out. And with Biden, you know, talking yesterday about kind of basically bashing saying like you know we're not going to let them raise prices to gouge and, and see this as a profit making uh move for the oil industry so that i thought that was a kind of a catalyst for them to take a drawdown yeah 100 percent. and then we also yeah the opec countries might have like a surprise meeting and and see what else they can do to make sure that russia doesn't have any um power by with all you know it, you can take away some of russia's power if you say hey all that oil you have we can make it less valuable hey. by let the dog producing out. more of a <laughs> what's up Kaler? what's up Kaler kids how y'all doing good she'd actually just let the the giant rottweiler in oh wow yeah. um say hi there you go hello <laughs> but yeah i mean i think that I, the mro trade was a good one that mitch was talking about as well that was one that i um jumped in i think my camera just got unplugged Oh, shoot. All right, well, we can still hear you if you get the camera back right. Uh, yeah, I was in M- MRO, too, and actually Options Mike came on our show and gave that out at, like, 15 16 bucks a share, and it ran all the way up to, like, 22 23 But uh, I don't know. On a daily chart on MRO right now, if you zoom out, it looks like we could be uh, 
you know, kind of in, in, in a little double top territory. But again, if we can break through that previous resistance level and hit new all-time highs, then it, then it looks great again. Also, I agree, Patrick Starr. Patrick Starr saying Google looks good. I got into Google yesterday, um, anticipating that uh, split. I, I want to I wanna start accumulating Google till I own a full share for when they do the split, so that way I have 20 shares. Did right you jump in on, point. someone asked on here to, about the cybersecurity plays. I actually looked up on, I Google searched that yesterday and said, you know, what are cybersecurity plays? Like, what are some national defense companies that, um, that may see a rise in this. And then I just didn't really do anything other than the Lockheed Martin trade. I did. I looked at these um, today. I saw, I think Ryan uh, Falona, he was trading some of these in the live um, as well. Yeah. They were having some pre-market gainers, but this one was just, you know, which one is this? from the news C Y R N. And then it's, I guess it's related to that cybersecurity and I R N T. Interesting. I so I haven't recently played any cybersecurity plays. This looks like a smaller market cap, but I uh, throughout the pandemic I was playing uh, FTNT like all the way up. And if you pull up Fortinet FTNT, I mean that chart during the the COVID months from really like all of 2020 or all of 2021. Sorry, it's just like the best looking chart I've seen on a stock. Which one is that? Uh, FTNT Fortinet. Not Fortnite, right? Not Fortnite, no. FTRT? FTNT. Um, Foxtrot. Oh, nice. Tango, NATO, Tango. Another $400 one. Yeah, but if you zoom out, you'll see what I'm talking about. How one. that, uh, if you zoom out and go back a little bit, go to the left. You'll see the stock was just slowly grinding up for like a Ooh. full year. And then now it's, and now it's, yeah. This is this is what I want to happen to my long term fourteen year plan. <laughs> I just want this is what I want my exactly. My you cannot get a better like. you could not get a better chart looking at a better looking chart than that. But now we've gotten up to this level where we've kind of just found. Uh, it, it seems like right here at the three hundred three hundred twenty dollar level, we've kind of found our our zone and we've been barcoding in there right now. But um, yeah, who knows? I mean, this is one that. I, I kind of view this one as the leader in the in the uh, cybersecurity space, fifty billion dollar company. So if I was if I were going to buy any uh, cybersecurity play, it'd probably be Fortinet. Well, man, I think that's my time. I got the kid yelling in the background, like always. It's uh, but I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm going to set up some more time and have some some plays for you. I think next week is going to be a is going to be a big week that we're going to see some crazy action in the market. So I'm going to be really yeah. You want to give us some some. You want to give us some bold predictions? Mm. Yeah, let's see. I'll give you. This is the only way I can do it. If and it, and this is how traders should. This is how your mind should be. It shouldn't. Be, if this is how I think anyway, that you shouldn't be like, well, I think it's going down. I'm betting it's going down, or I'm buying that it's going to go down. I'm going to strategize to that only. So I like to look at both ends of the angle. Like, which way would I go if it does what? If SPY continues to recuperate and come back here, then I like your target of 441, about $5 to the upside. And then you've got your low all the way down there at this point to where it looks like, you know, there's so many people that I think jumped in because of that, that established daily low that you might see this thing continue to run until the end of next week. 
and then take a fall a fall off maybe um, towards the end of next week is what I think that you're going to come down and maybe retest these. So what I what I predict is I think we're going to continue to run uh, in the S and P up to the probably the mid 400s, maybe even come back and try to test close to that 450 level and then break back down again. Well, there you have it, Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading. Thank you for joining us today. Looking forward to uh, to talking next week. All right, stay green, guys. Talk to you later. Peace. All right, y'all, that was Jesse Kaler of Elite Trading. Please go check out his Discord. I will drop the link in the chat. Um, let me know Let me know in the chat what you guys are watching today. Let me go ahead and pull up my Benzinga Pro. Um, I've still got Lockheed Martin pulled up here. Let's look at... Um, let me go to my sheet. There's another thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, I want to... So this Tesla news. Essentially... Uh, there, uh, the SEC is investigating Kimball Musk, trying to figure out uh, if the if Elon's brother Kimball Musk knew that Elon Musk was going to run a Twitter poll asking, "Should I sell shares, or, or uh, yeah, should I sell shares of Tesla to pay taxes or something?" Um, and basically, they're saying if Kimball knew Elon was going to do that, and he sold, he front ran Elon, he sold beforehand. Uh, that that would be a violation. I imagine it's going to be hard to prove one way or another if Kimball knew or did not know that Elon Musk was going to do that because all he has to say is, I didn't know that. Elon just did it on his own. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's an interesting headline. I just don't think anything's gonna, really going to come of it, and we've talked about this before on the show, but it seems like more times than not, um, lawsuits or SEC investigations don't really have too big of an impact on a stock unless it gets to a certain point. Um, but just looking at Tesla's chart, I mean, we did get some recovery here. We're now back above the $800 level after after uh, slipping all the way down to about 730 I do not like Tesla here as a trade. Um, I, I still would like it long-term, depending on your time horizon. But to me, this hasn't shown that it's broken the downtrend yet, right? You can see we have this double top up here. We got back up to 1,200, could not make new all-time highs, and starts moving down. And, uh, yeah, I mean, bio noob. Bio noob. Watching CEI. Quick loss again, Camber Energy. Yeah, this is one I haven't checked in on in a while. I have no clue what this stock is at now. Oh, geez, it's below a dollar. This one ran all the way back up uh, to four bucks like last fall. And now it's all the way down below a dollar. Oxy. Ooh. Occidental. Reports after earnings today. Ooh, this is good. So I and I was just talking about this because I was saying I don't like Chevron. I think we may have gotten the uh, may have gotten the top in oil, but I, I don't know. I'm putting some skin in the game. Going to throw out some Chevron puts out there, and this could be a catalyst. Uh, this could be a catalyst for for oil. Mo Herbert saying, "What did they get Martha Stewart on?" I don't know what that really refers to, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Mo Her Herbert will explain to me in the chat. But I'm just as confused as you guys. Don't worry. Let's let's check it in our good friend Facebook. How's Facebook doing? I, I'm just kidding. It's, Facebook is no friend of mine. 
We are, we're still holding above $200. All right, let me know, chat. Are you guys in, are you guys in Facebook right now in the stock? Are you short? Give me a one if you're inside. Uh, uh, give me a one if you're bullish Facebook from here, from this $200 level. Give me a two if you're bearish. One if you're bullish on Facebook, two if you're bearish. I'm sorry, let me mess with my settings real quick to put the, uh, put the watermark in on here. There we go. Now you guys can see what stock we're looking at. Well, that's way too opaque. We need a little. We need a little bit less. Let's go like there. All right, yeah, that's better. All right, we've got some bulls. We got Vio Noob. We got Jonathan Loveless. Bullish Facebook from here. Uh, I think I'm seeing more twos though. Mimi Rothschild, our newest YouTube member, is bearish Facebook from here. Um, still, st still bearish. Oh, Spencer's back. Spencer's still bearish. No, I'm still bearish. So if you guys are just joining us, can we uh, get the name of this company right? In about five minutes, Brian Overby from Alley Investments will be joining us. We'll be talking. Uh, he's an options expert. Yeah, I mean, I thought I invited Brian on today to talk about how to hedge for a volatile market. But I'm gonna call an audible and be like, "Yo, Brian, how do I like? How do I YOLO calls? How do I just buy some YOLO calls and get make all the money?" <laughs> I mean, so so that's the thing is is we, you can use options in so many different ways. The way I use yeah. options is probably a little different than the way someone using options strictly to hedge would be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think. I think it'd be hard to go into the weekend long or short. That's we what I'm saying. We just don't know. That's what I'm saying. Although, I if I know. had to pick a side, I think I'd go in long. Because then I can also hope all weekend for some de-escalation news and be happy about it. So it's a it's a win-win. It's a win-win, and then it, you, and then it's a you lose, don't want It's don't a lose-lose if the war escalates and we're red on Monday and my long calls are. It's true. All in or all out. I'm all in, all out. Uh, I should also mention at some point today we are going to be playing Wordle. Uh, we have discovered a an, an interactive Wordle game, a way to play with you, whereas we make the word and y'all guess it. Oh, they're going straight. In the chat. They're going straight foot on CNBC. Fed officials continue to support higher rate. I don't even think that's true. I think it's literally just no, one guy. No. No, well, it depends who we're talking about. James Bullard has been the has been the uh, the the guy calling for more. But if you look at and I'm if you look at the data, it's if you look at the CME FedWatch tool, which it I, has gone up today since yesterday. The, no, the, no, the no. probability that we get a fifty. No, it hasn't. It's I got, thought yesterday it was like fourteen percent, and now it's twenty. Wait, wait. What, what do you? I'm going to share my screen. Um, um, let's clarify who's looking at what here, because okay. I, 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 I want to make sure we're looking at the same information. I'm not. I can, I'm looking at your screen right now. I can tell you, I'm not looking at the same information. All right, I'm looking at this table, the, the probability table, based on the Fed funds futures of 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 uh, rate hikes going out through twenty, you know, through the next two years. So this top left figure. Is the the current market expectation for a twenty five basis point rate hike in March? Basically seventy nine percent. So it's gone down. The odds of the of a of a quarter point hike have gone down in the last day. The odds of the odds of us eventually ending up 
with interest rates at uh, one and a quarter to one and a half uh, percent uh, until or, or even above that. Until yesterday, the odds of that happening at some point this year were above 50 percent. That's now gone below the 50 percent threshold. So there is the market saying there is a greater than greater uh, chance of us ending the year uh, below this one and a quarter to one and a half percent interest rate threshold as there is of that happening. Uh, so th- these numbers, the, the numbers in blue are, are the ones you want to pay attention to. These numbers have been going down um, in the last 24 hours. So we won't know for sure until three, three, three weeks from now when the Fed actually meets and raises rates as they're probably going to and then gives us guidance about what they're going to do, do after that. Do you think we'll ever historically be back to like five and a half percent interest rates or four and a half percent? Well, I don't, I mean, I thought, I, was looking at like, I thought we were going to get there and then they, they stopped raising in 20, was 2018 they stopped? 2019 they stopped? Um, no, I, it, it would take like, I don't know, maybe Brian knows, it would take like a several decades of, Continuous, Strong, continuous yeah. economic expansion. <laughs> um, I was just looking back at uh, like what went on in like the dot com bubble and like oh eight and all that. And I was like looking at the interest rates. And I, I know, was like, holy it's, cow! I know, like, it's pretty, is, it's pretty wild. I was like, people were investing. It's like, and it's like now if we get uh, 0.5, it's like the end of the world. And it's yeah. like we're still at like historically yep. low interest rates. Yep. So we're all set. So to br- to bring on Brian Overby from Ally Invest, uh, and so I want to get him on the show right now uh, if I can. Brian is. Um, uh, again, as I said before, I thought we were going to talk about a hedging, but I don't know if you need to hedge right now. Brian's a senior options analyst at Ally Invest. Let's give Brian our new special intro because we, we give all of our new guests the special intro. So let's give him the new intro. And uh... Brian Overby, welcome to Benzinga Live. How are we doing today? I'm doing very well. Thanks, guys. Uh, oh. It's great to be here. I have to ask, are you in a sauna right now? <laughs> no, it's it's kind of funny, but now this I got pretty lucky, and I will give you a little bit of history, but I built a tiny home in my backyard before the pandemic happened. Basically, wow. I had a year-old son for grandma and grandpa, but it turned out to be, talk about uh, a, a win-win. Uh, because it's basically been my office for the last two years now. Because and of the price of the tiny the home has gone. So, yeah, up. this is a literally a tiny home. It was a sixteen by twenty foot shed that I converted into a, a mini apartment. Have you considered selling the tiny home? Because the market <laughs> no, is hot right now. There's no way. I I couldn't afford to rebuild it at, at these. I saw, I, so, I saw yeah, it on Zillow. No way I saw that it. I, I could do it. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw this home on Zillow for two point two million dollars. Yeah. Or Redfin. Yeah. It, are you in? Are you but, in Detroit, Brian? Uh, well, no. Uh, Allies located. Well, I guess they're, they're in the banking it. headquarters and the financial headquarters are in Charlotte, North Carolina. I actually live in a, a little town outside of that called Lake Wiley, uh, which is surrounded by a lake. But in general, awesome. that's where I live. It's only about twenty minutes outside of Charlotte. Awesome. So, Brian, I, I thought we were going to talk about, like, what I wanted to discuss yesterday was, like, options hedging strategies, right, for your portfolio. I don't know if we need to talk about that anymore, frankly. Um, I, I would just – let's start with this. Okay. Based on conversations that you are having with clients and what what is the general 
feeling sentiment out there from from those conversations? All right. So in general, our message has been to our clients uh, and we put out a, a volatility alert whenever we see the VIX up above the 30 percent level. And on top of it, we just put out a, 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 a weekly talking points about the marketplace. But whenever we have the geopolitical concerns and activities that happen, normally, if you go back and you look through the history, within a month's time, we're back to where we are as long as the aggression slows down and there's a lot yeah. more known in the marketplace. So with with that said, that's what our message has been. If you're looking at a little bit longer term, not, not just out to the end of the year, that we want to stay the course and just basically lay down until the urge to sell goes away. And that's been our approach and what we've been talking about with the clients. Now, on I do a stock play of the day on the Ally YouTube channel. And on Tuesday, I talked a little bit about a lot of what you guys were saying, that the VIX was right around the 30 handle, trading right around 29%. And I talked about the fact that I was surprised that it was there. Uh, we didn't know exactly what's going to happen in, uh, with Russia and Ukraine. Are, were they just going to try to take the, the southern slash western end of Ukraine? Or were they going to try to go to the capital? All these big unknowns. And that's what the marketplace dislikes the most is unknowns. So I was surprised to see it right around the 30% level. And on my my podcast that I did, I actually talked about, is it time to do a long straddle? I never talk about long straddles. And I was talking about one in the S&P 500 index, the good old SPY uh, ETF. And part of the reason why is that I really expected more volatility than less over the next couple of weeks. And we were only going out a couple of weeks in time. So we had that spike up towards the 40 level, but we didn't breach the 40 level. So oddly enough, there was angst in the marketplace, but since the pandemic, we've only been above the 40% level in the actual VIX index, the implied volatility index, the fear index, whatever you want to say, we've only been above it twice. And that was just for a second or two. So um, kind of surprised that now we're actually down below that level, trading at about the 26% handle. And yeah, if you would have bought puts, well, they would have been expensive and you'd be down just on volatility by itself because we've really had a, a solid vol crush in the marketplace, not only in the actual indexes, but in a lot of the underlying stocks overall. So a lot to talk about this week. I'm just happy to be on your show to be able to chat it, a little it, bit about it. Is, is that all this is? Just a volatility crush? Well, there, I think focus has actually changed. And I, and I don't know exactly why. Uh, I think it was big. Hey, that, join the club. <laughs> yeah. I think what was really big, almost more than anything, was the fact that the Russian people, we, and we know how big of a deal it is to actually, how, how brave you have to be to protest in Russia. But they came on out and the news was that they were protesting in the streets. And I think that had a lot to do, and that was right around when, when, when our president, Mr. Biden, was, uh, was talking about uh, the sanctions and everything that was involved. But I do think that that had a little bit more to do with the actual turnaround in the marketplace than, uh, than anything that was talked about as far as sanctions were concerned. It's just that the Russian people just really weren't, aren't behind Putin, just in general. 
that would be my best. Okay. Guess. Okay. So yeah, we, we can we can play guessing games all day as to why yeah. things are happening, but let, let's let's get down to the practical nature of this. So, uh, how would you approach someone who says, "Okay, Brian, I, I've I've got some some intermediate to short term long exposure, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 I wanna I wanna potentially hedge myself. How would you go about that right now?" Okay. So. If I had that type of exposure, I'm a little nervous to actually um, maybe sell calls against the position because I'm probably down on it. That's one of the trades that you can do. We have higher volatilities than than usual. They're not as high as they could be, but than usual. And a common thing for people to do is to sell calls against positions to give them a, a small pillow to hand to, to land on. So then you look at buying the puts. And so buying the puts, you're still paying up for them. And that is the simplest way. I own a stock. I own Apple. I can go out and buy puts on Apple, buy one put for every 100 shares that I own. And I can manage my risk to the downside on that position. But right now, I'm feeling... I don't know. I feel I'm more worried about what the Fed's going to do. And I saw you guys having the Fed watch tool up ne- next week yeah. and what they might do as opposed to the geopolitical concerns right now. I feel like the market has swung a little bit and I would look to mainly stay the course on this position or uh, yeah. on my positions. I don't okay. really think it's a great time to be hedging on the downside. Um, yeah. If I had to do it, you know what I would do? I would actually do both trades. I would do a collar trade where explain ex- explain the collar. Yeah. Play. Yeah. Explain the collar. OK, I will. And and you can always go to optionsplaybook.com, which is the book that, that, that I've written. And the collar is laid out in there. But what I'm doing in this position, then, is I'm not trying I'm trying to reduce my overall cost of hedging my underlying stock. So let's stick with the Apple theme, which is Apple has been pretty strong recently. But I would look to go on out and sell a call that's above the current price and maybe go out. And I just want to go out probably 14 to 20 days. I don't really want because I'm more worried about the geopolitical situation than the long term aspects or outlook on the marketplace. So I sell that call and then I actually take the proceeds and go a little bit out of the money on the put, and I buy that put. Okay, by doing that, I reduce that overall cost of the hedge or the insurance policy. I am limiting my upside, but I'm also defining my downside. Okay, what about the other? What about the other side of the coin? Then, what about someone that says, "All right, I've got some short to intermediate, um, short-term exposure." And I'm also concerned. So I'm. Uh, I saw what happened yesterday and today, and I'm freaking yeah. out over here. So how? How? What would you tell them? How? How do you hedge that? The short-term exposure, like I'm literally just going it, it like out for the. All next right. Week. I don't know. Let's just say a couple of weeks to a couple of months. Let's say I had. I don't know. I. I. I, I had know, a. I, uh, I, I. I. I had a bearish bias, and I'm freaking out now. Yeah. And and that's one thing about about a, a true hedge, you know, you're you're still bullish on the underlying. You still do better if the underlying goes up, and that's what a hedge really is. So right. if I am going to go out a couple of weeks, the you can do the put, you can buy the put, but that that's expensive. So I would consider either just buying the put outright, like, and I wouldn't go out two weeks. I'd probably go a little shorter, seven to ten days, because 
We just really want everything to shake out uh, uh, with Russia and Ukraine overall. Or if I was going to go further out and let's say uh, 14 to 21 days, two to three weeks, I would then consider doing the collar trade that we just mentioned. So I'll give you those two options. You can you can hedge your entire portfolio by just buying an index put that looks a little bit like your portfolio. So if you have more NASDAQ stocks, you might buy it in the QQQ. If you have more S&P 500 stocks, which there's a little bit of a mix, you can buy it in the SPIs. Say you're heavily weighted on the financials, which that's been a hot market recently and really got beat up in the short term here. Um, that would be something where I would really think about buying a, a put in, especially in the financials, uh, because of what's going on with the banking system and all of the sanctions that are happening. And that's a big reason why the financials got beat up. But then again, interest rates are going up. So overall, I would be positive the financials, but I'm worried about the short term. I think that's one of the best scenarios that I can think of uh, of buying a put. And if you look at the XLF, very liquid underlying very liquid option contracts and maybe i i have let's say i have five or six banks or brokerage firms in my account maybe i look at buying a a put in the xlf as a hedge to my banking exposure or financial exposure a lot of people don't think about etfs and, and and indexes as a cheaper way to hedge Brian, I have a curveball for you. Not from me, but for, from our chat from okay. two apocalypse one. And uh so 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 the question is referring to a specific uh stock and a specific uh merger event, but it, it can be applied more broadly. So the question is so the stock in, in, in question here is is S E A C and they're doing a reverse merger with a, a TikTok competitor called called Triller. Um yeah. but the question is what will happen to my options? If I carry them through the reverse merger, uh, the, uh, they'll be ugly. That's the bluntest way that I can say it. So if you carry those options through the merger, you every single one of those mergers it changes. Like there's no specific rule. It depends on how much cash, how many shares of stock, and they come up with something. They say, okay, this represents 100 shares of stock. After the merger, we have to come up with a contract. The basis of the contract's got to be very similar. And and wait, when you, when, when you say they, when you say they, oh, you're, ref, you're, you're referring to the new company or you're referring okay. to the market makers. Correct. So the, okay. the, the best uh, they, the best they that I can reference is the Options Clearing Corporation. Okay. And thank you. The Options Clearing Corporation actually puts out a PDF that explains what your new strike price will be, what the new underlying is, what the new multiplier may change to. So my suggestion, if I have those option contracts, is is maybe go and look and see what it's going to be changed to. But most of the time, you want to get out of that option contract before the merger happens. And the reason why is that if I'm a new trader, I want to trade the the option contract I can understand. And believe me, they're going to open new contracts that are represent 100 shares of the new underlying. And it's going to be that simple. And the volume has a tendency to drive up in those odd lot contracts. And that um, means you get wider bid ass spreads, you know, overall, obviously, it can be offset by by the market going up on that underlying. 
but you get wider bid ass spreads, and that's a big concern with these adjusted option contracts. Does it matter if the options in question here, the original options, are in the money or out of the money? Does that make a no, difference? No, not necessarily. Okay. It just means that I mean, you you know, options normally represent a hundred shares of the stock. This might right. be fifty shares of the stock, cash in lieu twenty dollars, and you know, yeah. like just this odd underlying. And if you get assigned on that underlying or you exercise it you actually have to give them cash because yeah. cash and loot was figured into the actual body of the contract uh, because of the adjustment. So in, I don't want to be in an adjusted option if I can avoid it. I think that's a good summary. Two apocalypse one. Thank Brian. Thank you for that answer. Cause I'll be honest. I didn't know the answer to that question. So I'm glad I had you on the show here to answer it for me. Um, we 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 were just you know shooting the breeze earlier, and and one of the questions that's top of mind today is who wants to go into the weekend you know with any net long or net short swing positions out there, and I I can't imagine anyone anyone has super high tolerance for either of those scenarios, quite frankly. So, what is your um, like feeling uh, as far as just where we're at heading into the weekend and 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 just with with any any short-term options here uh, for the broader market, you know, going All right. a week or so two out. Yeah. There, there were a couple of trades. Like we, we talked about this week uh, in my podcast. No, actually it wasn't. It was a YouTube show. No big deal. Um, but I looked at like Nucor Steel was one of the underlying stocks that, that came up okay. on our radar, you know, go, okay. looking for some value, looking for an industry that looks uh, okay. And taking on new positions, we actually bought deep into money options as a surrogate for the stock. Now, the reason why you do that, you say, well, I was going to buy 100 shares of stock, but I'm just going to buy this one option contract that represents 100 shares. And it's a little bit more costly, but it acts a lot like the stock and you get a lot of stock representation. So that's one way that I would approach it. Now, which way would I lean? Yeah, I that swing yesterday, I wouldn't have been I'm leaning more toward the, towards the bull side. Because of the swing, because of what happened in the marketplace okay. uh, after the invasion and the fact that the, the Russians didn't stop overall to see that type of comeback, that was really strong. And in the banking sector, I see that as an opportunity. Uh, what we've seen happen uh, the, with, with all the financials had a really rough day uh, the day after the invasion. Uh, mainly because of the sanctions. And we do know, you just showed the Fed watch chart that uh, as far as the marketplace is concerned, interest rates are going up. So going into the weekend, I would, if I had to go either direction, I'd be, I'd, I'd lean towards the long side. And with that said, I would be nervous about the Fed. Uh, the, the Fed, uh, the, the, what am I trying to say? The uh, Fed watch tool, the CME Fed watch yeah. tool is saying there's about a 20% chance that they, they go more than a quarter point. So there's still a, a chance. I think it was a little bit higher before all of these geopolitical concerns, but there's still a chance that they might go a little bit more than a quarter yes. point. And uh, I yeah. do think that if they do that, that's, that's going to spook the market. So I'm a little that's worried true. about that. 21% chance of a uh, that interest rates uh, end up between the – between the 50 to 75 basis point range mm -hmm. after after the March meeting. So that ain't, that's not nothing. 
it's not the it's not majority. It's not, it's not the majority, but it's also not nothing. It's something to acknowledge. So when I say 78%, uh, 79% chance of a uh, 25 basis point rate hike in March, I should also add that the the rest of that, the, the other 21% is, is saying that it's going to be more than that, not no hike. No hike is off the table here. No yeah. hike is off the table. That's there will true. be a hike. It's yeah. just a question of is it a quarter point or a half point? Um, and, they, and they slowed down the half point, uh, and it would be it would really I think that would be a big shock to the market. But then again, you I just think of them as far as when I'm thinking of percentages a lot. How many times have you had a twenty percent chance of it raining, and 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 you go outside thinking you're going to enjoy the day and you get poured out? They, I mean, they, it, it, it well. means there is a probability of it happening, and that would spook the market. And I'm more concerned about that at this moment than I am uh, necessarily about. It's hard to say about what what's going on across across the salt. This is why part of me just igno- despises statistical models and like that because mm-hmm. like ten percent, five percent chance is still a chance. So five percent to me means it's basically not going to happen. But if it happens, then the, oh, well, I said I said it could happen, and it's like okay, thanks. I know for that, and, that, and that's um, what option trading is all about. Honestly, uh, these statistical models is all that the floor traders ever use. The price options is what's the probability of it getting to that strike and that's yeah. what they're doing they're doing the math over and over again and they're really really good at it yeah so, they are all right are. brian overby is a senior option strategist at ally invest uh brian joining us from his uh second house his mini house in his backyard um his, his his little hut there brian a pleasure to chat with you today we'd love to have you back on the show soon good luck out there and uh Thanks for coming on. Have a good weekend. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Till the next time. Till the next time. All right. It is 12.50 about, thereabouts. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, um, well, we have a 1 o'clock guest. Tony Benson's going to come on and talk charts with us. And then we have a uh, a 1.45 guest from uh, Mark Moran from Liquidity. Uh, I will bring him back. Jim is saying bring him back. Christian says bring him back. Zen Bullish says bring him back. Brian, I'm going to bring you back. Not now at a later point in time <laughs> just to clarify um thanks for coming on brian so here's what we're gonna do we have 10 minutes before our next guest we haven't done a name that chart segment all week we also haven't done wordle and i promised earlier that we would so we've found this new way to play wordle interactively with you guys watching the show i don't quite know how this is going to work aaron do you know how this is going to work I, I mean, I assume... We picked the word. It's not the Wordle from today. We picked our own word. And we're all going to play it. How do you know it's not the Wordle from today? Well, actually, I don't because I didn't play Wordle today yet. There you go. So I, I tried. I haven't gotten it yet. Oh, really? <laughs> no. I, I started playing Wordle like eight hours ago. Not eight hours ago. I got ago. yesterday's on uh, two tries. Second try. I had my first ever two try, two, uh, two try answer uh, on like Monday or Tuesday, really first time. So, um, R- Rohan, what what uh what's what's gonna happen here? What do we do? So, I'm not entirely certain. I yeah, know- neither are we. That's the best kind. I know the g- we're just gonna start the game, and there's got to be some way to play it for the chat. I'm imagining. All right, and and yes, I acknowledge the fact that the market is uh is continuing to go higher here. As oh, we- it is. Uh, I thought. I mean, we're off the uh, we're off the high of the day. Yeah, but, I mean, but, the last ten minutes we've been moving lower. All right, whatever. 
Um, all right. Whatever happens in the next few minutes is going to be entirely dependent on the. I mean, should, should we start it or? Yeah, what? let's start it. Let's start it. Okay. Yeah. I'll bring it on. I, oh, I do. That's a nice word to start with. Do you? No, I. I think I found a new starting word. I always used to, used to do audio. Yeah. 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 This started, but my uh, my like. Now I start with the word stern. Because R S T L N E are the most common letters in the in the English alphabet, and Stern has five of them. So yeah, but you're only getting in one vowel. Yes, but I'm getting five of the most common letters in the alphabet. O is not a very common letter. Really? Now there's D. Yeah. By the way, this started. It's just not showing up in my VMix. I'm bringing it on screen through. Screen oh here. no! So but people are putting in answers. It's happening. I'm not really sure how, but um, uh, here you'll get to see it right here. There we go. Wait, so how do we play, Rohan? Um, you know, I wish there was more of an explanation. If Wait, BNZNB, Christian, have submitted answers. How are they doing that? How do I? Through the YouTube chat. Look, Christian Gallagher wrote trend in all capital letters, but just that. Okay, so okay, put. So just put the five letter just word. Just put the five letter word, nothing else. All right, got it. So, again, we are. Playing Wordle interactively. This is not the Wordle, the, the main Wordle. This is our own Wordle today. Uh, we can we we made the word. Um, wait, so so I, I'm not seeing more guesses though. I'm I'm not seeing. Um, um oh, they're coming in. They're coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is from Steven. I don't see Mitch's guess though. That's strange. Mitch guessed Mitch. That's smart. I don't know why I don't I see. I have a feeling we're gonna run out of guesses before they solve anything. Oh, it should be a team effort. Is that it? I yeah, think that's the case. Oh, it's supposed to be a team effort here. Oh. <laughs> Everyone, just slow down for a second. We know there's an E in there somewhere. We know there's a, a R. Oh no, no, don't, don't, don't waste the guess on happy. Oh my god, that was a waste of a guess. Okay, to clarify, you have unlimited chances. To okay, guess. so it's not a team effort. Every man for himself. And, right, and, wait, and, and, and okay, woman. so we know it's B R something something E at the end. Wait a minute, that's not the word that I gave Enver. <laughs> Bro- uh, broke. Oh, oh, Jonathan. Jonathan Eng. All right, is our winner. I think they just started a new game. <laughs> even happening. I love when we try shit without testing it first. It it, it always it always. Fun things always happen. Oh man, that wasn't the word that I gave. I thought the word I gave was different. Whatever. Okay, I didn't realize that was the word. Broke. Jonathan Eng. Jonathan, since you won um, uh, Wordle today, shoot us an email. Uh, put put Wordle in the title or Benzinger Live. The, the new one. Oh wait, and Enver is yelling at us because we we're not we're not paying attention to his messages right now. Um, he says we have five rounds. Okay, so there's okay, so this is round two. I got it. Oh, Spencer, we might be getting that sell-off you were looking we, for. We might have preemptively announced the winner, but that's what? our fault, so you'll still win. Oh, oh I think I the see. winner is the I see, I see what you mean. Rounds. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay, wait. No, Aaron, we, did something seriously just happen in, for, for in, in the markets, I mean? I mean, there's like a – we're moving lower in the past 10 minutes. No, that's why I asked. Uh, more sanctions out of the U.K., that's – Bullish? Bearish? I, don't know. I thought sanctions were bullish. I thought so, too. All right, back to the Wordle. 
Something ants, not pants, not wait, pants. It, it's it's uh. Wait, can I guess? I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Is it um? Is it? Is it is it rants? No, that pants. was already guessed. Um. Wants. It's wants. W a n t s. It's want. I just gave it. I I think it is. Can I guess that? He wants. What happens if I guess that? Shouldn't my guess show up? There it is. Oh look, Benzinga finished second place. All right, so the top two winners, Jonathan and Benzinga. All right, so we have, we have three more of these, and then we're gonna bring on Tony Benson. Three more, and it'll tell you who wins based on the amount of points. All right, all right, I got it. All right, I'm playing. I'm playing along. Are you playing with me? All right, well, Are you, you playing with us? I'm doing on YouTube. Yeah. So that I don't get. So Stern is my OG guess. Okay. Yeah, that's right, Master of Stongs, damn straight. Uh, what the heck? And you? We have an A, we have an E, we have... Oops. Is that a word? Soiree is a good starting word, soiree. Oh. I, I'm, pl- I'm keeping one eye on Wordle, one eye on the... <laughs> <laughs> on my chart of the cues here, and the reason I'm looking at the cues is because that's been tra- that, that that's been your leader, right? So we should make these terms. Can we and for we we decide what the words are, right? Because I want to make these all market terms going forward. I don't think they're they're not market terms today, but going forward, we should make them all market terms. Blah. B L A, blah, blair, blurp. We know it's a B L A M. Blame, that's the answer. Damn. Oh, R J beat me. <laughs> R J beat me. All right. Is this the last round? Do we know? I don't know. We're gonna find out. Wait, wait, it's too quiet. We need some music. Thank you. You read my mind. Google has had to play Wordle. Thrifty, just guess a five letter word. Uh, yellow color means the letter. Yellow color means the letter's in the wrong place. Green color means the letter's in the right place. So we know that the, it's a little bit, little bit loud, Jesus. Um, the the uh, so we know that this word starts with the letters L E A and we know there's an S. It starts with L E A S. That's all we know. Um. Wow. L E A S. It's least. I think it's least. Who just got it? Oh, yeah, it's least. Steven. Pre- Steven with least. Steven beat you all. And um, this is the last round. Oh, it, it's it, it. All right. It's unclear when the new round begins. Yeah. So it's taking all your guys' guesses from the last word. Anyway, we know there's an E and an A. This is second and third letters. And that's all we know. So. Oh, I also guess B. All right. Oh, we have a C. 
You're welcome, everyone. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I think I know the answer. I think I know. Oh, no. Never mind. Oh, there's no H. Um... Yeah, Jonathan, I had the same thought. Oh, that is it. All right, that's not fair because I, I did come up with that word. Oh, my Atlanta. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. All right, Spencer won. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the word that I came up with. That's why I was confused earlier. I'm sorry. This is our first time playing. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. All right. Well, we can't really take the win there. I'm going to say since we kind of already told one person they were the winner at the start. And yeah, John, just email us, Jonathan. It shows at Benzinga.com. But I feel like uh, Steven. BNZB. BNZNBN. Well, not happy. Happy's gotten so much happy. so so much stuff from us. Happy, you're an honorary winner. Happy, happy you have like your entire wardrobe, I think, has been singing. I think, I think. I honestly think I've only sent happy swag like once. Oh, all right. Oops. Ah, uh, let's bring on some charts. Let's talk to Tony Benson. Patterns in a flash. Let's get him on the show right Special now. Special guest intro incoming for Tony. All right. Okay, happy. You can email us too. Show us at Benzinga.com. What's up, Tony? How are we doing? Good, good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, would love to hear how the last couple of days have treated you and your portfolio. And can you mute us in the background? Because I hear myself. Um, am I muted? What's the no, feedback I, coming from? Is that me? No, it's like, you like you're you're the playing YouTube the you're on the YouTube video. You're like your YouTube window is open. I can hear us on YouTube. Oh, sorry, I forgot to shut that down. Usually, I kill it. <laughs> I didn't know that was me. Turn the radio off when you go to call on the radio station, Tony. Gosh, this is obviously uh, my first rodeo. Yeah. Anyway, what have the last couple of days been like for you? What are we looking at? I just yeah. got triggered on Alcoa. I guess I gotta hit share, huh? Yeah. I told you this was my first time. It's okay. Screen two. Oh boy, there we go. What do we got no, going I'm just, on? Uh, well, if you want, what's going on right this second? Yes, yes, right this second. That would be Alcoa. I literally just got triggered on it. Just part of the position. This thing, as you can see, it's just run off. I've I've already got some. I've got some uh, longer term puts on it, but. Um, which obviously I'm doing right this second, but how far out are we talking? Um, oh, gee, which I, I think I'm out two or three months at least. Oh, okay. I think. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about the short term April. So a couple months. Okay. But looking at a day trade, because this thing has obviously run to the moon, it's on a tear. So I don't, uh, I don't think it's going to keep up. And you can see yesterday right here at the, at the very open, we hit that 77 and then just tanked from there. So I'm just looking at a quick little pop for hopefully a, hopefully a quick little drop back to here about uh, 76 or so. So what was the trigger? I just put in, uh, I actually had originally, while well, I was waiting right here, we needed, we had this hangman. I was uh, actually had an order there at 76.91, but then it popped again. So I adjusted a little bit, moved it up here. And basically just entered, uh, I just threw an order out for 100 shares up here at, I think, 7709 or something. And then I've got one at 7703, I think it is. Yeah, and then 7691 for 
300 shares. So if it drops off from here, it's going to add to it a little bit. So we'll see. I would imagine it will happen while we're on here. So, but who knows? It might stop me out Maybe. here in a minute. But I've only got 100 shares, so I don't care right now. If it stops me out with 100 shares, I'm not worried about it. Okay. So. All right. So, so that just happened. Uh, yep. Let's that, that, run through the last couple of days, though. Well, uh, what have you been trading? And walk us through some setups that you either took or didn't take. Take or didn't take. Actually, I've just been managing what I have because I've been loaded up on the downside. So cleared out quite a bit of it yesterday morning. I hung on to some, which I wish I would have bailed on everything yesterday morning, first thing, because I was uh, loaded up heavy on the downside. But uh, wow. I did take well, some Wait, wait, wait. No, no. So, so wait, let's, let's stop there for a moment. You were okay. loaded up on the downside in what way? Via what? Uh, puts. I trade most of my swing trades are, are options. Right. No, I, I know via via puts on what though, like individual names. Yeah. Okay. Here's all. So. Right there. Yeah. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. What is that? That's is that Apple? APO. I can't see. Apollo. Oh, that's oh APO. Right. I'm looking at I'm looking at the symbol. I'm just looking at the price. Okay. So APO. Yep. So you basically you're, you're, triangle. Yeah. So you 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 go on yesterday and you're short APO. Correct. That puts okay. on it, but. Same difference. Okay. What you same difference? So so you so so now what? So you 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 saw what happened yesterday. You see what had, what's happening today. Now what? Walk us through the, the management of, of of this trade here. So I'm going to wait and see how it closes today um, because I think I've heard you say a couple times this morning that you know who's going to want to be long over the weekend. I think a lot of people will be closing out. So I think we're going to trail off at the end of the day. Oh, um, interesting. So. I will wait and see if this thing closes up here, uh, then I'll probably get out of it or at least a, at least a portion of it, if not all of it. Uh, so I'll wait for the close and see what it looks like. Uh, if it closes, if it stays below my stop there at 6436, then I'll hang on to it and see what happens. So and the other big thing I'll watch is the volume. I don't know what uh, as far as an intraday basis. But a lot of these that have been running, the volume has been relatively light. So. OK. Okay. Unless the, unless the volume really picks up, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang tight on them. So so wait, what's I'm... the stop here? Sixty four thirty six. Yep, and that is today's candle. I've up, I updated this just probably twenty thirty minutes ago. So so that's about where it is right now. Actually, I think I have it on the. Whoops, where did it go? Pretty sure. Yeah, so there it is on the live chart. There's a five minute. Oops. Yeah, what 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 price is that? Difficult to see. So basically sixty five. Sixty five. So, so, so you should have gotten triggered. If I had a hard stop, yes. But I don't I don't set hard stops very often unless I'm not going to be sitting there waiting. Right? I mean, if I can't sit and watch right. it, then I'll set a hard stop. But I'll wait I'll wait till the close to see what happens with this. If it doesn't stay up here, then I'll I'll stay in. I'll hang on to it. If it stays up there, you're done. If it, yeah, if it stays above the the stop, the seven sixty four thirty six. If it closes up here today, if it continues to well, go higher, but, but yeah, well, that's my question: is what happens if if you know an hour from now you're at sixty seven, sixty eight? Then I'm out. <laughs> okay. I take a little oh, okay. bigger hit. I take a bigger okay. hit than expected, but okay. But it's it's always kind of a wash. Like, okay, do you hang on and wait to see if it closes back below the stop? Well, I know. I yeah. Back? Yeah, huh? uh, that's, that's the million dollar question, right? 
Yeah. I don't I don't know. And it's it's basically a wash in the end. There's times where, you know, I do this and I hang on to it and don't stop out right at the second and wait. And it takes off and I take a bigger hit. And there's other times where it turns back around and, and falls in my direction. So. All right. 50-50. All right. So so that's APO here. Wait, now does that same logic for today? Does that, does that apply to all your, all your put positions? You're just waiting to see if they close near highs and then you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if they, so, if they could, stay up where they're at, if, if there's no signal, if there's, if there's nothing that gives me, well, if I go from bearish to where I'm either neutral or thinking that things are going to go bullish next week, then I'll bail on everything. But if there's no, if there's no solid indication that this rally is going to sustain itself, the, the rally we've had over the last two days, then I'll hang tight. So what would be that indication again, that solid indication? Well, a, a big one, as of, at least right now, is the volume is relatively light. And even if we look at some of these others, you know, if you look at Apple, it's, it's, even though it's been rallying, the volume is getting lighter and lighter as it rallies. Same thing, Microsoft, where Microsoft isn't, go, was up here. Isn't that a bad sign for the rally? Oh, yeah, that would be, that's what you want. That's a bearish sign, yeah. So yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Stocks go, if price is going up, the volume's going down, there's less people coming to the party. There's more people going out the back door than showing up. Sure, sure, sure. So if if the volume stays light today, then I'll probably hang tight on them. So all right. It's interesting. So what else? You got APL. What else do you have active right now? Um got some puts on and a lot of these I'm still I'm profitable on. I mean they've obviously retraced a couple of days, but Qualcomm I'm still um in the green on. Got big. Uh, I don't have the I don't have a trading plan on there. I think I've got it on my this one here. We'll go here. This I'm much more more familiar with this. Apple was uh, another one that's profitable still. So um, this is one I cashed out sub yesterday morning. I took out. I think I had I think I had five or eight contracts. So I took out about half of it when it gapped down in the morning. I stopped out and when it started to rally a little bit, I stopped out and took profit. So. And if, it, if this thing uh, again, I'm I'm in a profitable position on this, even if it rallies up to like 170. I'd still be profitable. I, uh, what, what is the the trigger for you to take some profits yesterday? You know, you, you're you're in the money. Your um, market is opening down massively, and you've you, you've got puts. Congratulations! Uh, now there's a now there's a bit of a rally off the open. So so what what is your sell trigger yesterday? The biggest part was just the gap. I mean, it's obviously it's sold off and it's oversold um, quite a bit. And that was one of the reasons I took it. Uh, plus, I've got, I think I had, like I said, five or eight. Uh, yeah, I'm looking right now. I've got, I've just got three contracts left. I picked up some at 289, some at 410. I think I bailed on, I think I bought some other ones at like two bucks. And I think I bailed yesterday at like five or 550. So I'm just looking at it going, you know, take part of it out, bank some profit on some, and then leave the rest of it there. So I do a lot of scaling in and out, which allows me to just run with it. So it's yeah, a... Did I just hear an alert go off? Hear what? I, I think I just heard some, some alerts go off. Yes, no. you did. Alcoa just hit. <laughs> hey. Live trading. Live trading. Yep. They just hit the other side. So we're in. Uh, just hit that entry point. Now, if it would just really tank, that would be nice. Which you can see it did that yesterday. And this is I love this stock. It's super volatile. It used to be super cheap too, but not so much anymore. 
Let's see. I don't know where we're at. Oh, I'm up four bucks. Woo! <laughs> Very nice. We'll see what happens with that. We'll just leave it there. I'm not too concerned about it. Looks like the rest of the you can see the other APOs dropping. Apple's dropping a little bit. Morgan's another one that I'm in. I got into that. Yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're 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 noticeably off the high of the day. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, I don't even know. I I don't know. Totally, totally don't know what. We totally don't know what to make of anything right now. I I yeah. We I'm are we are at the mercy of the next headline, and I, but even if you told if, even if you told me what the headline was, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to tell you what, whether the market would go up or down on it. So, whatever. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Any questions for Tony? If you have tickers on your mind, you want his opinion, drop them in the chat. We've got a few more minutes here, and uh, he would be glad, I think, to offer his take on whatever charts, whatever tickers you guys are watching. Uh, we ran through a few. We ran through Apple. We ran through Apollo. We ran through Alcoa, Qualcomm. Uh, what else did you have on there uh, on the list? That's what I figured. This is this is what I'm looking at for this next week. Oh, that's Pan. It is Pan. I know we've talked about this a lot on here, huh? Yeah, can't catch a break. You st- is this the one that you said you owned? Not me. No. Okay. No. I can't remember which one that was, but no, I I never. Aaron Aaron owned has owned several of them. He owned DraftKings recently, or still does. I'm, uh, I've never owned uh, that I can remember. <laughs> I've never owned one of these casino stocks. I don't any own any right now. I don't think. Yeah, I, don't I had I had a DraftKings call that I sold oh, my uh, bad. after the, that move up. My mistake. Um. Anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super. Thrilled about any what? Of those what? Names what right are you now. seeing, Penn, right now? And uh, a, a beautiful inverted inverted head and shoulders. So left shoulder, head, right shoulder, which is bullish, right? If if it breaks out, if it breaks to the upside. So I think if this thing if this thing breaks above fifty, which is another nice little round number, I think there's a decent shot of it going up to about sixty sixty five. That's a long ways away. It is, which is good, right? You get huge profit potential then. What's the what's the stop there? The forty eight sixty. What's that about? Forty nine. What's that about? Yeah, I'll put it just below just below forty nine. Why? Uh, the neckline. So that let me make that red too. I usually like to. When you say when you say the neckline, you're referring to this head and this inverted head and shoulders pattern. Correct. So that that line I just made red. That's what's called the neckline. So if you, I mean, if you think of your physical body right here, that's the trough. So right. just like a, a traditional, the top, the topping head and shoulders, inverted head and shoulders, you just flip it over. That's one of the beauties of patterns. There's realistically, even though inside patterns and flash, there's about thirty or thirty-five. If you break it down, there's six or eight maybe, because you take one and flip it over, and you have the exact opposite. So, and it's essentially the same thing. So. So that red line that's sloping down a little bit is the neckline. So if it breaks above the neckline, then we would expect it to move the measured move, which there is 1058. So you measure from the peak of the head to the neckline, and that's the expected move or the measured move. So then you basically calculate from the neckline up, and that's about what the target should be. All right, I'm with it. Makes sense to me. 
Let's do a few from the chat. Uh, okay. The chat wants to know, Andy Lee was first. He asked about uh, CF. Wait, what is CF? I don't know if I know that one. It? CF? CF? Charlie yeah, Frank? C yes, Charlie Frank, CF Industries. I don't know this one. Let's see what we got here. What is it, industrial? I, first time we figure out it's a chemical company. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. been around a while. Yeah, I mean, big company, uh, $16 billion company, so. Obviously on a chair. What to make of it? I guess the question becomes, what's the intention? I mean. Oh, yeah, I should clarify that. If you're going to drop a ticker in the chat, it would help us if you could put your bias. Are you looking at it for a long trade, for a short trade? Do you already own this? And you want to know when to sell do you want to get in and you're looking for an entry um so that and the more color that you can provide the, the easier it is for tony so yeah this is uh well i mean obviously it's super bullish and it still goes even though the market's been dropping so obviously it's yeah. not uh doesn't necessarily go with the general market so if today's candle closes where it's at right now, then we've got a hangman. So, which is a uh, obviously just from the term doesn't sound very bullish, right? Let's say if you're uh, if you're long, I mean this thing is if you own the thing, then I'd stay in it above seventy six. I don't know that I'd. And again, it depends if it's a if it's a long term play, then I'd stay in it above the trend line. Which if we come here, at least the intermediate term trend line is. As long as, it, as long as it stays above that level, I'd hang on to it if you're long the stock. I wouldn't trade this bearish myself. The trend is obviously bullish. And you can see lately, especially in this last rally from 64 to 80, the volume has increased pretty dramatically, actually. So obviously, there's a lot of people that like this stock. It's bullish, even though the market's been dropping. So I would expect this, actually, if the market does turn around and it continues to rally this would probably even rally faster i would think so i would look at being bullish above 76 and i don't think there's even a new there's not even a high above that is there yeah we're all-time highs wow so i kind of like this actually as long as it like i said as long as it stays above 76. question is where's the next range So there would be the top side. So you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. But if it sat and danced, I'd be I'd be looking for it to if it kind of dances and night builds a nice little base here about 76, then I'd be looking for it to launch from there. If it if it launches from there, then I get bullish. As long as it long as it holds this line of 76. Right now there's only a couple of days. If it sits here for a week and stays above it, if it tests it, tests it, tests it, and can maintain it and doesn't break back below it. Then I'd, I'd look at putting a hook up here above it, and if it takes off to the upside, jumping on. If it drops below it, then I look at this trend line as a possible launching point. And what about Goodyear Tire GT? I thought I saw that one there. GT. This is one's popped on my radar recently. Good I've seen year. it. But... Goodyear. Yeah, I remember seeing that big drop from earnings. Kind of, sort of a head and shoulders, but again, what's the <laughs> Look at the long term on this thing. We are to a quarterly. Holy moly. Wow. I did not realize 
Holy crap. And what? let let it be known. Let this let this show you that not all stocks come back. Well, this one has never come back. Not even close to the all-time high. Oh, you're talking about the 2000 crash? I this? mean, is that what that is? It looks like it's the mid-90s to me. Yeah, this is, well, yeah, actually it is. It's, uh, that's 1998. <laughs> All right. March of 98 is the peak. Wow. 99, yeah, so it had already, had already dropped off significantly, so. So going back to a daily though, yeah, let's see what. Basically, just looking for major support resistance levels right now, where it may drop to if it if it does continue to fall. It's probably about yeah thirteen, twelve ninety, thirteen bucks. There's definitely some support there, about fifteen. If it holds that, then maybe a short term bullish run. I'm assuming that the earnings here was obviously pretty. <laughs> Awful. We dropped from 22 to 16 bucks. <clears throat> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bullish on this thing myself. But if it does drop, though, if it continues to fall, we're looking at the next support level is 13. So not much of a pattern there, at least not right now. All right. Option printing wants to look at a swing trade in Neo NIO. Or next week, back to the 22s. Back to $22? Uh, yes, that's what well, it, the, that, uh, that's how I interpret that. Yeah, I'll just, okay. Yeah, it's, I remember seeing this when I was looking through charts. Um, we got the beginnings of a double bottom. If it can hold this $20 level uh earnings when's that is that monday it looks like oh shoot i don't know i'll be honest yeah it looks you. like looks like earnings is on monday all right so that's so obviously a wild card and you know with earnings you never know what's going to happen so it's hard to it's hard to get into a trade right ahead of earnings i just for the most part okay. don't do it <clears throat> i held on to home depot because i already had <clears throat> i i traded several contracts in and out so i just left one there to see what happened with earnings and it paid off so but if earnings, that's the hard part. If it wasn't for earnings, just a, a pure technical analysis, just looking at this, if it holds that line and starts to move higher. So I would, I would look at putting a hook on there. Here's exactly what I do. And I'm put a stop just below 20. And actually, I think there's a target right up there, probably 26. I'd probably put it about 25. And then just crush the numbers now. 1985 is a stop target 25 22 whoops so 2119 would be the entry point so what i would do is i'd, I'd just put a hook up there and i'd use either a contingent order you know go pick out which option you're looking at put a contingent order it says if it stock hits 2119 then go buy whatever option you're you're looking for does okay. that make sense? Option printing, is that, does that make sense? Makes sense to me. I followed that. What about, um, let's do a few more here. Sure, we can look at ARKK. Let's look at ARKK. I'd be curious to get your take on ARKK. It's ripped yeah, in the I'll last day and a half. Gotten clobbered, made a new level of the move, and all of a sudden, we uh, nice little bounce in the last couple of days. 
Ooh, yeah. That's how I feel, Tony. That's how you feel? <laughs> yeah, generally. Don't follow your feelings. Uh-huh. That's true. Sometimes. Sometimes you do. Um. Yeah, I mean, not uh, obviously a massive slide on this thing. <clears throat> Doesn't take a genius to see that. That's the beauty. It's, it's, it's just not really that complicated. <laughs> I mean, technical analysis is not hard. If I can do it, anybody can. It's just a matter of seeing the pictures all. So um, bullish engulfing pattern yesterday with actually a decent amount of volume after a big spike in volume, which eh, could it be argued that it was capitulation maybe, but I don't think we're there yet. But the tricky part about candlestick patterns, not necessarily tricky, but is understanding that they are, even though you turn, we use the term reversal, um, reversal just means change of direction. And we move up, down, and sideways. And this thing obviously has been moving down. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to reverse and go up. It usually just means it's going to stop the previous move. So I would I would expect this thing more or less to go sideways. The only way I would get bullish on it myself is if that downtrend line that we have in place, if it breaks above there and stays above this, uh, whatever that line is, what is it, about 66. So if it stays above 66 and breaks that downtrend line and it stays above it for a period of a couple of days at least, then I'd be interested. But as of right now, I wouldn't get bullish on it. All right, let's do uh, one or two more. Let's let's do Rivian. Rivian? Yeah, R-I-V-N. Yeah. Well, that thing's new. Yep. Is this a, um, yeah, okay. I thought I'd seen him in the car market. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you did. Oh, where's my banner around? Yeah, not a lot there. I mean, there's not, I mean, you got kind of a double bottom, but, you know, it's building a little base is basically what it's doing right now. A little bullish engulfing pattern yesterday with a decent amount of volume, but earnings is coming up. So as far as trading it, I would trade it right up to earnings, but I wouldn't be bullish on it unless it got above that point right there, above 70. And the question becomes with the market environment, the way it is, how far, I mean, if, if it pops and it goes quick, it, it obviously it can, but I wouldn't expect it to myself. So anywhere inside this range, I wouldn't touch it. If it comes back down here, this 54 level and gives me some kind of, of indication, some kind of reversal, like it did here, got a little hammer pattern kind of, it's not textbook, but close enough. You know, might get a three day pop if it does that, but right now it's in the middle of the range. I usually don't touch them in the middle of the range. I'm looking for me to breaking out of a breaking out or building a base out of support. All right. One more here. BLDR. Uh, a building supply company. Builder for source. I have seen them before. It's been a while, though. Long-term picture. Oh, yeah. I oh, would expect nice. a lot of these builders, I mean, just from the interest rate stuff happening, I would expect them to turn bearish, but... Uh, just looking for the major points, basically, which, yeah, right about there. A little support there, about 66. If it cracks down, the next major the next major point is about 53. If Obviously, if it breaks to the upside. There's another one. Well, that's today. I don't know where it's at right this second, but 
If it, yeah, if it breaks above here, of course, there's earnings again. They're coming out on the 1st, which is, what, I think Tuesday? Oh, I didn't even know that. I probably should have looked. Yeah, so they're coming out with earnings on Tuesday. I mean, it's not necessarily confirmed. I don't know that 100%, but usually this is pretty accurate as far as their earnings go. So that right there is a red flag. It's If you're going to, I mean, if I was going to trade it, I'd be in it for either a day trade or only a one-day swing, maybe two. I don't know when they're, I don't know if they're announcing before or after, but they're coming out with earnings on Tuesday, it looks like. So I'll, I'll tell you. Earnings are before the bell on Tuesday. Yeah. So you, if you got in today, you'd, you'd want to be out Monday. Unless you're crazy and you want to hold over earnings, if you know what to expect or if you like, you know, <laughs> if you like wild rides. Because if earnings goes the way you expect it to, and then it could be really good. There we go. Worked out for me on Home Depot. I mean, I had I had one contract that I had made enough to pay for the entire thing, so I just left it there and ended up there just one go. contract was twelve hundred bucks extra. There we go. So sometimes anyway. sometimes sometimes better to be lucky than good. All yeah, right, exactly. Tony Benton, patterns in a flash, joins us every other week to run through some charts and uh, hang out. And Tony, have a great rest of the day. Have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. You too. Alrighty. Hey, before we bring our last guest of the, of the week, let's do a quick uh, crypto update. We haven't looked at the heat map all day. AJ. Crypto. Crypto. What's going on with crypto? I know. So as a reminder, this is a 24-hour chart, uh, a heat map, excuse me. So we, uh, based on the last 24 hours, crypto is has rallied along with everything else under the sun that's not named Beyond Meat. Um, every growth asset. Uh, so all the coins are up with the ex notable exception um, of that guy, a Tron, which is down uh, three and two-thirds percent. Maybe they delayed the new Tron movie. Down ten percent in the last week. Uh, man, all these man, all these coins are so freaking volatile. Unbelievable. Ethereum is up nine and a half percent in the last twenty-four hours. I don't know if anyone else noticed, or like I, I, this might have just been on Robinhood, but last night I was going through my. Um, I was just checking on like what Bitcoin and Ethereum were doing. Oh, and yeah. there was like a flash crash on Bitcoin on Robinhood where it went down I, to like I hate that. Thirty two thousand thirty two thousand. I was trying to buy some, but then I looked on like Google and it didn't it's just drop it there off. There's so many exchanges. Dude. I thought I was gonna get filled on Robinhood for some Bitcoin at like thirty three or something. I was hyped about it. I hate when the exchanges uh when there's crazy diversions like that and you think, Oh, I'm about to get this amazing price and then you're not. But Whatever, some computer out there is arbitraging all that. Oh, Patrick brings up a good point. We got to check back up on uh, Obama Sonic. Oh, it's not the one. How is Obama coin? Uh, oh, it's, what is it called? Obama Sonic Inu? Uh, honestly, no, that's not what it's called. It's a. Uh, it, it, I know there was an Inu in it, but it wasn't. It wasn't Obama Sonic it, Inu it, Ten. It, it was longer than that. Uh, Harry Potter Obama Sonic. Harry, right, Harry Potter was. Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic, Did you almost just say Harry Potter, Osama? No, no. That that was a... No. Not what I meant Making to say. Sure. Sure. Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic, I'm Unicorn? about to pull it up. I think I get... I, I brought this to everyone's attention. Oh, wow. Never mind. It's, it's, it's way down, I'm pretty sure. This might have been a rug pull. This might not have been a legit project. Oh, you, you think? Um, what gave it away? Wait, let me check the three-month. I... Yeah. When did I get in on this? When did I put my life savings <laughs> into this? No... 
expected. Uh, yeah, right around here. So uh, you know, it's on a sale. If you liked it at if you liked it at point zero 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 four, you gotta love it at point zero 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 two six. That's what my advisor tells me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. Enough of uh, Obama. Enough here. of that. By the way, everyone, if you want some free Bitcoin, open up a Voyager account. And they will send you 50 bucks in free Bitcoin if you use the offer code Zing when you sign up. Fund your account with 100 bucks and make a trade. Check it out, Voyager and Zing. Amory, who's, who's our last guest of the week? Let's go home strong. Our last guest of the week coming coming out strong indeed. Mark Moran from Liquidity. Uh, we've got a few. I, we're going to talk uh, with Mark about some crypto as well. What's going on down in Miami? A lot of crypto happening oh, down there. Yeah. But um, some other interesting things do to it. talk about. That was me. But Just I was, do it. I, I hit that button like 30 just seconds ago. Shia LaBeouf. Um, I, I hit that button 30 seconds ago, and it's just now playing. Producer, can we get a, can we get a check on our stream, stream deck to make sure it's working? Oh, my gosh. Um, and then, Spencer, I don't know if you saw this, but we're also going to talk to Mark about uh, a banking compensation report that they actually put out. Oh, I saw uh, that. Last week. I, I saw that. Picked up by yeah, uh, New Post, a few other outlets. So without further ado, yeah. let's go ahead and give Mark our special intro, right, our new special it. intro. Bring Hey, Mark, how's it going? Great, guys. I love the new special intro. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here to talk about Harry Potter Obama coin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, we only bring on the most <laughs> esteemed guests to talk about the most esteemed subjects. So, you know, I exactly. think we might as well start where uh, everyone has been talking. I mean, like, literally, it's like there's nothing else going on in the world on Twitter it's, or anything other than this coin. I know. I've only seen dialogue on that and then come rocket. And really, that's all people are talking about. <laughs> Nothing else going on right now. Uh, Mark, so, so how you been, man? It's been, a, uh, I guess we had you on last Thursday, so it's been about a week. Yeah, it's been about a week since I saw you guys. It's great to be heading on into the weekend with y'all. So I uh, couldn't be happier to be here, but been good. How about you guys? Cannot complain. Um, you know, obviously on a more serious note, everything going on in the world right mm. now, just happy to be, uh, you know, safe. Things are good. So, uh, you know, just, just hoping for the best right now on the, on the geopolitical front. Exactly. That's all we can do right now. Um, but let's start with that news last week. So liquidity mm. broke a compensation report on the big banks, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So uh, historically, what we do is, is and for those who don't know, liquidity uh, is an Instagram page that is now turning into a media company. And so in uh, kind of having this following that we have of a lot of people who are kind of junior bankers on Wall Street, they submit uh, their salary data to us. And who doesn't love learning what other people's salary is, especially juniors on Wall Street who everyone perceives as overpaid? And so we uh, we had about 1,300 data points and kind of went through, scrubbed them all, made sure they're all right, and then put together this report that well, it's what we believe to be the most comprehensive report out there. And it's something that uh, got picked up by the New York Post, like you were saying. And, it, you know, I think it's uh, it's been getting a lot of attention for both, you know, kind of your typical reasons of, okay, you have 22 to 25-year-olds who are being paid so much money. And then you kind of break it down. And it's like, well, you know, when you, when you break it down by hour, oftentimes they're making less than the McDonald's worker. And so it's something, oh, we got it pulled up. Amazing, amazing. I had it pulled up over here. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to pull up your screen, I, I just yeah. had the New York Post article pulled up. Okay. I mean, yeah. Whatever's easiest let me, for you. Um, let me hit the, the share. Uh, yeah, man. Share screen. Let me close out of all the other websites. I don't want anyone to see that I'm on right now. Kidding. 
It's a joke. Uh, For legal purposes, that's a joke. Can you see so, that? Yeah, let me go ahead and get it pulled okay. up. There we go. So why? What, what do you think it is about? Is it just like the, um, you know, kind of nature of working in investment banking? Why like people, you know, talk about compensation? That I mean, if you if you if you look at another industry, say mm. like, uh, you know, people going into, I don't know, just anything else. Like I feel like compensation mm. isn't talked about as much. Yeah, and I, and, and I think too, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, everyone, you know, they want to be paid a lot of money, right? But for a lot of jobs, uh, there's other purposes, other ways of being fulfilled in those roles. Whereas I think for banking, you sold your soul and you know exactly what you're getting into. And so with, you know, the soul being sold, you have golden handcuffs. The only thing that really there is to talk about in terms of the kind of worth and meaning behind it is the money. And it's it's something that, you know, everyone always wants to know how much people are paid. And for us, we kind of saw this as, you know, it's it's one fascinating, interesting. We can make a lot of great jokes on it. And for us to have all of this data, you know, a lot of other sources like your traditional financial media, they don't have access to this because they don't have the following of junior bankers. Or they don't have the trust from people because it's very sensitive information. But I think it's something that everyone wants to see. And then when you kind of put it down like we did here, and we're rolling through and kind of uh, comparing all of these main banks. And you know, you'll know, you notice there's a lot of humor added in throughout this. Uh, and, and that's something that I think is unique for us. But, you know, this data doesn't get out there publicly. So if you're kind of, you know, thinking, am I being compensated fairly for this job that I'm working 18 hours on Microsoft Excel all day? You know, what are my peers getting paid? Then you can look at this and kind of see. And hopefully it'll be something that people... We'll be able to reference and we'll kind of make sure that everyone is being compensated fairly for their efforts. Yeah, and that's something that I thought was so interesting. I mean, last year when we got the the story broke out from Goldman about the, you know, someone made a, a PowerPoint about how mm -hmm. much they were working and whatnot. Um, a lot of the speculation was that, like, look, this has been going on for a, for a while. Yeah. But now during COVID, you're missing out on some of these other benefits, like you said. Like, um, you know, if you think about for other jobs, like if, if you're getting compensated in ways outside mm -hmm. of pay. Like, I have a buddy who is works. He lives in New Orleans and works for the Saints and the Pelicans, like on their PR yeah. team. And he has a crazy fun job because he travels to all the road games, mm -hmm. like hangs out with the players, like meets. And there are like thousands of kids that want to work in sports, so they mm -hmm. can get away with with paying a little bit less. But if you're yeah. just working at investment bank, like payment, like you're saying, it is really the one thing you're you're getting compensated with. And uh, last year when we got that Goldman report, the kids that were working during COVID didn't have mm. the you know cocktail parties and like the the fun things in person that came with mm. being uh, even if even if there's not a lot of fun things that come with being a first or second yeah. year in, in IB, then there there are at least a few, you know. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, you know, it's interesting because I think um, for a lot of people, when you just hear overpaid banker, right, you're going to assume these guys making millions of dollars. And so, you know, our focus in this isn't on kind of senior managing directors, people who are, you know, in the seven, eight figure uh, salary ranges. This is on the juniors who have just recently graduated college. They're working in investment banking, kind of like myself or lit to really create, uh, you know, a great stable foundation for their career to go and do other things. And so for us, kind of being the voice of the junior bank or the voice of the bullpen, as we call it, we're thinking, okay, there's there's kind of all these ancillary benefits, like you're saying, right? And food is one where in most industries, you're not paid for dinner, right? And it sounds kind of ridiculous, uh, the concept of having a, a dinner stipend. But if you'll notice on this screen, we kind of have this graphic that lays out what the uh, dinner stipends are for various banks. Now, you don't get this for free. You get it by working usually past 10 o'clock at night. 
And so it's kind of a, an incentive for banks to say, OK, you know, if you're going to be doing this work for us, we'll compensate you with dinner. You know, we'll make sure you have enough. But living in New York City, uh, you know, twenty five dollars like your Goldman Sachs bucket over here is not enough uh, for a lot of these kids. And so we thought, you know, what's a small incremental change that we as uh, as liquidity could kind of push for? And so we saw this. Uh, you know, having broken the Goldman Sachs 13 uh, survey last year that you referenced, we thought, you know, how can we take that and kind of go and build off of that? So we noticed there's a, a bunch of very large banks in this $25 uh, bucket that the median stipend is $32.50 when you kind of look at all the other banks across this. But, you know, you guys are in Detroit, we're in New York. Like when you're in cities, you kind of have all these service charges that eat into stuff, right? When you're doing food delivery. And so when you look at this, You'll notice even if you're just getting a burrito, chips and guac and a bottle of water, you know, OK, obviously kind of ridiculous to have a bottle of water for 350 in here. But like, let's substitute it for, you know, some other type of drink that's 350. You add in all the, the freaking service fees and a 20 percent tip, that's thirty three dollars. So these kids, you know, would have to reimburse this out of pocket. And, you know, for us, it's something that it's funny. This is a very funny and humorous thing to do. But also, you know, we knew throwing this out there uh, and working with the New York Post, they're going to write a great article. It was uh, the number one most read article uh, in their business section two days ago. It got about 110,000 views. And, you know, it pisses off Goldman Sachs. And who better to piss off Goldman Sachs than two guys who work at a meme page? Yeah, exactly. But then they also, New York Post also talked about how now Goldman uh, offers some of the biggest bonuses, which mm -hmm. hasn't always been the case. I mean, there's always been this idea that you're willing to work for a little bit less at Goldman because mm -hmm. you have the prestige of of being able once you leave to say, oh, you know, on my resume, I got Goldman Sachs. So, uh, do you, I mean, do you see Goldman like raising their bonuses as as, as a direct result of, of what you guys have done in terms? Uh, of releasing these compensation reports? So, you know, I would say it's a combination of factors that, yes, uh, you know, us releasing these reports, it creates straight, greater transparency, especially at a place like Goldman. But also, I think it's a reflection of kind of banking is not the only way to make money these days, um, where historically going to Wall Street, working at a Goldman Sachs, we have Ligma Sachs, which, you know, kind of funny play those <laughs> hats are available on our store online but you know it, there's other ways to make money especially now where you can look and see you know some 18 year old uh, making millions off of nfts and so i think that it's something that a lot of these banks realize you know for us to continue to get the talent you know away from tech away from web3 enabled initiatives that we're really going to have to pay what they deserve not only compared to other banks but, you know, in, compared to what they could be getting, uh, you know, if you're working at Facebook, Google, wherever. And so, you know, with Goldman, you kind of look at that where they were a private partnership up until the early 2000s when they went public. And then you know, there's kind of this whole concept of organizational drift that they went through that once they weren't a private partnership anymore and the partners weren't putting their own kind of capital up for risk, they started to change as an organization. And I think that's representative of many banks historically to the point that now, you know, it's just another company to work for. It's not not necessarily this, uh, you know, uh, gold plated name that it was, but because there's a lot of, of them out there and a lot of ways to make money these days. Yeah, 100 percent. And going back to the, the, the food thing real quick, I know talking yeah. to some of my buddies in it, uh, I'm not going to say which bank he, he worked at, but they mm. had luckily uh, it was on the higher end. I think he got about like 50 bucks a night. Well, theirs was like, yeah, if you're at the office past this, mm -hmm. this time, you get 50 bucks, whatever. And he would sometimes do like two Chipotle bowls yeah, and bring one yeah. home and he got like dinged on it. And I'm like, you're telling me this like multi, multi billion dollar company gives a shit mm. that you ordered 
two Chipotle bowls for thirty dollars instead of one for fifteen or whatever. And it was like he's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. So um, it, exactly, and, it, and it's so funny too because it's like you look at you know in in what we're portraying over here, where we have old uh, salary bases and then the new salary bases for a lot of banks, right? And that's something that's direct, directly attributable to the Goldman Sachs 13 uh, survey that came out because all of these banks started increasing their base salaries, right? But that's something that like once you do that, you're kind of stuck there. That costs a lot going from, say, 95000 to 115000 base. But, you know, if you're giving kids $10 extra for food, that's something that's going to be in their mind every single day when they're working that they're going to remember and notice and has a much more of a tangible impact than I think something uh, like this. So for me, the psychology of just increasing a food allowance is something that if I'm David Solomon and trying to incentivize my workforce, like it's a no brainer that I would do that. Yeah, and just not caring if so, because because mm -hmm. that was what was so ridiculous to me is they gave a certain amount you could spend. And if he had ordered a steak, that was fifty dollars. They don't care, but just because he spent, even if it was less than the steak, because he ordered two meal, you know, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, who's to say you didn't just sit down and eat both Chipotle bowls right there for your dinner? Um, exactly, exactly. And um, you know, going back to your question though, the this first quote, firm promise to feed us and fed us in regards to Goldman. I think you know that kind of sums up how they felt. And. I, uh, I have a friend who was there who I was talking to, and she was like, you know, Goldman really paid up uh, and kind of made up for the last few years, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to keep the talent that they've been losing. And it's I think that's true for banking in general, that, you know, for, for any of these jobs, uh, it, living in New York City oftentimes sucks. And, you know, kind of for a lot of people, they've had time to go elsewhere to be in a different place during COVID and reset and say, you know, is this really what I want to be doing? Is this really, you know, kind of the best use of my time? And I think that's something that for banking, the only way to justify it is more money. Yeah, 100%. Do you mind going back to the uh, back a slide or two on the, on the yeah. screen that showed the? Can you just walk us through uh in case any of our audience isn't really mm -hmm. familiar with the investment banking process, like what, what, you know, so typically a kid comes out of college with their finance degree, starts mm -hmm. as a first year analyst, uh, you know, correct. Can you just walk us through kind of that roadmap yeah. that most people take going into this? Yeah, industry? So basically what happens is we'll start with Ligma Sachs over here. Okay. So you kind of, you kind of have your summer internship, right? And say, uh, how many hours a week are you working during that summer internship? You're working a lot. Um, you because the summer internship itself is kind of a, a testing ground to see you know if it's one something you like, but if if it's also something that you know you're capable of handling. And so when I was a summer intern, I mean it would, and you're you know you're only doing this for a short duration of time, so you definitely have weeks over a hundred hours that you'd be working. Um, and then, you know, when you're working full time, you definitely have those weeks as well, but they kind of fluctuate a little bit more. So it's not like you're working hundred hours every week because you die. But part of that <laughs> is like, you know, it, and we're laughing, but like kids at Goldman Sachs, like there's a story in San Francisco of a kid who literally did die from overwork. And for us, I think a lot of our kind of duty as, uh, you know, the voice of junior bankers is to, you know, make a lot of jokes, but also to be like, Hey, there is a serious nature to this and that money can't compensate for everything. But Go back to your question. So you'd start off, you'd have a base uh, as a first year analyst, about $110,000. We do not have a, um, a bonus amount for them because for us, this this survey, we only wanted to have uh, bonus amounts and numbers in general where we had multiple data points. So call it, you know, JP Morgan's 70,000 bonus, right? So you're making a lot of money well into the six figures. And, you, and we're talking about a, a 20, yeah, 22, 22, 23 year old kid. Right. Tw 22, 22 yeah. 
And yeah, 22 to 24 for the most part. So you're making a lot of money, more money than you'd be making, you know, at any other job, uh, you know, unless you're a professional athlete at that age. But when you kind of think about it, how much of that, you know, is taxed, you're in New York, so it's going to be significantly higher. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of W2 normal taxation of things, right? It's not like it's capital gains or anything like that. Then you think about where you're living, all the extra costs that go into anything. And how I kind of think about it is I had a friend who he was working at Deutsche Bank and I went to go visit him uh, in New York. And all he knew was how to get from his apartment to work. He didn't know anything mm. else because all he had done for the year was work. So you can be making 180000 but what good is all that money if you have no time to spend that, right? And if a lot of it's being eaten up by just normal living costs. A hundred percent. And I don't know if this is true today, but I remember a couple of years ago, my buddy who had just started working at, at JP Morgan, he did a summer internship uh, in San Francisco. And the summer internship pay was based off a of first year analyst rate, just kind of a... Um, Mm-hmm. you know truncated rate you know for, so and, for and three months the, hourly, the overtime in california yeah well no, so, so what he so his cost of living in san francisco he ended mm-hmm. up move he, he got the job at jp morgan but moved to chicago and was being paid okay. the same amount and he's like i'm living like a king in chicago mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to san francisco and they had the same rates for everyone whether you were in yeah. new york city minneapolis mm-hmm. san francisco at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. It, like, makes no sense. So um, I don't know if that's still the case or if maybe they've started adjusting for cost of living because if if you're making the same – if you could make the same in Minneapolis versus New York City, I mean, I know which city I'd rather live in, but Mm. uh, one, you're going to get paid a lot more than the other. Exactly. And I would say that for most banks that, you know, their main offices are New York, San Francisco, maybe Chicago. And so they're paying the same across. But it's something that's interesting because you start to see, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially during COVID, are like, I don't think I need to live in New York. And you see banks like I was just down in Florida and Goldman opened a, a West Palm Beach office recently. So you're starting to see talent go to different places that, you know, potentially, uh, you know, is going to kind of change what the normal compensation would be, because if I'm a, a senior executive and I'm saying, okay, I got a lot of workforce in Florida. Why would I be paying them the same that they would be getting in New York City, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, I'm going to leave this up to the chat. If you guys have any questions about uh, you know, banking compensation or investment banking in general, go ahead and throw them in while we got Mark on. But Mark, you mentioned you were just down in Florida. Yeah, you, yeah. You came, on, you came on the stream with a nice glowing tan. Um, <laughs> how, how was it? What were you doing down there? So I was down there uh, with the sponsor of our podcast, CoinFlex. So our podcast is Big Swinging Decks, which is a play on uh, the term Big Swinging Dicks. 
that was made famous in Michael Lewis's uh, book, Liar's Poker. And so down there, and, and it, it's really interesting because for me, I'm someone, I got into crypto a few years ago. I wouldn't say I'm an expert by, uh, by any feat. And in having this sponsor, it's something that we really want to bring our kind of listeners, we call them shareholders, on this journey where uh, a majority of, of the shareholders, they're people who work in traditional finance and, you know, are not crypto naive, but they're not fully immersed in the space. And so we're trying to help create this environment, a learning environment that brings everyone, educates everyone along, right? So we're down in Florida because they were looking, uh, CoinFlex was looking to expand and open US offices. And if you're a crypto company, naturally Miami is gonna be the place that you're gonna do that. And so we met with the mayor, Mayor Suarez, who's doing a phenomenal job kind of creating Miami as the headquarters of crypto. And you see that with FTX Arena, with all the companies that are moving there. And it's something that there's so much energy, so much excitement in Miami for this kind of whole, you know, unique new uh, ecosystem that's being built there. And it was phenomenal to see and to meet a ton of people involved in the space. So it's very, very exciting. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you can speak to it uh, more than a lot of us, considering you're in New York now, you know, going mm -hmm. to, to Miami for, uh, you know, and like you said, there, there was this whole idea of like Texodus, uh, mm -hmm. right, that all the all these tech companies were leaving New York, going down to Florida, leaving San yep. Francisco and coming down to Miami. And it's not really hard to understand why mm -hmm. um, when you have, of course, the, the lower tax rates. Miami's not a bad place to, to live as well. It, it, exactly. I mean, you, you think about it. It's like, OK, I'm in San Francisco and I'm having to park and put all my windows down in my car so no one will break in and steal something or I could be in Miami where it's on it's cheaper right now, but it's it's warm all the time. The people are friendly. Uh, it's super accessible to pretty much anywhere you want to go, except all, I, I will say the airport not as good as, you know, in a lot of other places. They cancel so many flights. Um, but other than that, like it's great. And I think it's always good to be in a place where people are moving to rather than people, you know, are moving away. And I think you're going to see a lot of whether it's tech, uh, you know, going to Texas, uh, and leaving California or regular financial services, leaving New York and going to, going to Florida. I think, uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of that in the future. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I know we're, we're, we're doing a lot more in Miami. We've got our, mm -hmm. uh, cannabis conference coming up down there in a oh, few when is months. That? Um, that is actually April 20th, 420, like that okay. week. Yeah. So you <laughs> blaze it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Cannabis conference. Uh, yeah. We're doing a, a big cannabis conference down there. It's one of the biggest, mm -hmm. uh, cannabis capital conferences in the world. So a lot okay. of, you know, publicly traded cannabis mm -hmm. companies, investors down there trying to, you know, slinging some deals. Yeah, no, that I, because it, it just was legalized in Michigan, you know, relatively recently, right? Uh, and then it's going to happen in New York soon. So I know there's a lot of case studies of what people have done in Michigan. That's that's super exciting. So I know we'll be down there in April for Tech Week, but maybe we just uh, will have to stay uh, to see you guys. So are you going to be broadcasting live down there? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're going to be doing a lot nice. of content nice. down there. Um, yeah. So so yeah, bringing the whole mobile podcast kit. Going to be interviewing people, the whole shebang. I, I, I love it. Sounds great. I got to ask, have you seen uh, the new Carl Icahn documentary that's come out on HBO? It's, it's on my list. Uh, I've been too busy watching the Anna Delvey one uh, so far, but I, it's been getting a lot of good reviews on Twitter from what I've seen. Have you? Yeah. Um, I, I started watching it um, mm -hmm. the other night. It was whatever, not last night, I guess the night before, like when Russia officially invaded Ukraine. So mm -hmm. I was... Watching Russia Carl... invades Ukraine, and then you're like, all right, Carl Icahn documentary, got it. 
Yeah, I was like, that's how I'm going to get filled in on this whole crisis. No, I, I put it on before, and then that started happening. So I was like yeah. more watching Twitter with the uh -huh. pressing global events rather than what Carl Icahn was doing 30 years ago. But it's a total, like, it's basically like, uh, you know, li liars poker. You know, it's, it's just like Finbrook. Like, it's like, it's so good to watch. It's just amazing. It it, and, 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 you know, from not having seen the documentary, but having read books about it, it there's this kind of whole idea of finance, like back in the day, in the 80s, you know, you have these power brokers, barbarians at the gate, all that, that I think uh, isn't necessarily what it is now. And so it's funny to kind of look back on on the history of all that and think, man, like, prior to uh, a lot of the regulation that's been taking place, and, uh, you know, a lot of the things that have driven the market now, it was a very, very different place on Wall Street than uh, than it was today, where we're talking about are the analysts at Goldman Sachs getting paid enough? And do they need 10 more dollars for dinner? You know? Um, can I get it back to the screen? Someone? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Hey, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, yeah, they allude to that in the documentary because they show uh -huh. like where, Car where Car Carl Icahn started in the 70s or 80s mm -hmm. or whatever. And they were like, yeah, if you weren't on Wall Street in the 80s, you just don't get it and you never yeah. will. And it kind of it kind of sucks because it's like, damn, that looks fun. Like, and I'm sure they had the same, uh -huh. um, you know, ideas as bankers now of like, oh, I'm working so much. Like, I'm making all this money. Mm -hmm. but What good is it? But like looking back on it, they're probably all like, you know what? That was that was pretty fun. Yeah, oh, e exactly. I mean, just some of the stories that that you hear that went on that, you know, for better, or for worse, they do seem fun and would be great to be a part of, but not going to happen in today's society or world. Yeah, I mean, we can only live vicariously through it through Wolf of Wall Street and, uh, you know, other movies about uh, it, it, Wall, exactly, Wall Street in the 80s. Exactly. Wall Street. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, anything else on it? You have any thoughts on just like overall public markets right now or markets in general, public or private? You know, actually going back to your Bitcoin comment on uh, on Coinbase. It, so there was that weird pricing uh, discrepancy where it was like $3,000 different than on other uh, exchanges. But from what I read, no one was able to actually execute any trades on it. So I guess you didn't miss out on anything yesterday. But it's, it's pretty crazy that you can have that disparity happen, right? Still, with how big Bitcoin is mm -hmm. and how big the exchanges are. I, and I honestly didn't look too much into it so i was mm -hmm. like worried people are going to be like no aaron you're crazy that didn't happen i was like no i swear yeah. i was looking at my phone and it said bitcoin thirty-three thousand. i tried to get it filled yeah. i only remembered it because this morning or today i was on my uh, brokerage and it still said like uh i you know it was taking some out of my buying power because i said i have a pending order i was like what's the uh -huh. pending order and i looked into it and i was like oh that's when i tried to buy bitcoin for way cheaper than it was worth yeah i love i love it well, well going back to your question though so oil hundred dollars a barrel right something we didn't think we'd see two years ago a year ago it's kind of crazy what are your guys thoughts on on where energy is going because it, it's it's fascinating to me having done uh work for a few oil and gas companies where a lot of this is you're kind of trying to you know anticipate demand in the future right and so in a time like this where the price is going up then you're going to start seeing all these wells going back into work and you know it's going to be interesting to see the price action in the future but it is something that when a situation like the Ukraine situation going on now happens, certain industries are disproportionately affected and it drives up prices. And war, unfortunately, is good for certain industries, which is kind of, you know, it's one of those uh, those moral debates you have with yourself and kind of have stuff to think about when uh, when it comes to the investing process. Right. Yeah, 100 percent. It's like always it's like a shitty feeling if like you yeah. profit off something bad going on. But at the same day or at the same time, you want to like position yourself to to mm -hmm. be in a financially good position, no matter what happens. Um, I, one of my best friends is at Evercore. 
okay. uh, doing yep. like IB for energy. And he, I talk with him about which he hates because he's busy doing this stuff all the time. So now when yeah. we talk and I'm like talking about oil price, he's like, I don't want to talk about this, but I can make <laughs> him sometimes. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised and I have no clue. I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen the peak in oil, at least in the short term, because yeah. the, the big lead up was to this invasion and now it's mm. happened. And something I would worry about buying oil here or buying oil stocks would be if, mm. if OPEC comes together and essentially says, uh, let's make Russia's oil less valuable by producing more, turning our mm-hmm. spigots on. Mm-hmm. And that way, then uh, some of those pressures that are driving the oil prices higher saying, oh, mm-hmm. Russia produces this much, they'd say, okay, it's not a big deal if we produce more from elsewhere. But I have no clue. I mean, if, if the war escalates, more countries get involved, we can mm-hmm. see oil 150. I, I have no clue. So yeah. I, I'm just speculating. But yeah, I mean, I never thought we'd see. I mean, even if you're looking at oil prices pre COVID, like mm-hmm. before the COVID crash, they were at like 70, 70 bucks in oil or something. So it, we're well, exactly, above, exactly. we're well above those highs. Um, so yeah, I mean, all speculation, who knows, that'll definitely be something that we're all watching is, is the price of oil in the next coming weeks. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it's fascinating. I remember uh, as a banker putting together a lot of slides on companies actually in, when working with maybe your friend at Evercore, but uh, a, a lot of kind of what you would think about is how much exposure a company had to ONG. And it's something that, you know, it's really kind of a long, it has long term repercussions, right? Because it's like you have the whole ESG movement going on, number one, but also too, these things, it's not like it just kind of you flip a switch, twin, turn a rig on, right? You know, it takes time to get this done and to see the result. And so you do have to kind of really think about your long term thesis when investing in a company with significant oil and gas exposure. You know, is this something that's going to continue? And kind of like what you said, I think this is kind of the peak in the short term for it. But who knows where this is going to go uh, in the long term. But the narrative also is really interesting, kind of, you know, this not necessarily a pushback on ESG, but just, you know, hey, we're not as far ahead, uh, you know, of, uh, kind of transitioning to various different alternative fuel sources as maybe we thought previously. A hundred percent. And we do got to wrap up here, Mark. All right. um, nice. But it was, it was great having you on. Hopefully again next Friday. Again, you guys mm-hmm. can find more from Mark. You can follow him directly on Twitter. I'll drop that link. Also, Liquidity on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Podcast out there anywhere you listen to podcasts. Big swinging decks. Let's go. Mark, thank you again for coming on. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great Friday. Appreciate it. You as well. All righty. Spencer? All right. It is time to wrap it up. We got Moon or Bus coming up right now. The Moon or Bus guys are back. They were out. They were in Denver at ETHCON, and they have not released any content. They haven't shown us any videos that they made. Are you being passive aggressive again? No, I want to. I want to know right now from Logan and Ryan what happened at Ethcon, um, what, what they saw, what was the, discussed. Is the redirect set? Read, of course, it's read, right. redirect set. We're gonna wrap up then. I will say, I meant to. I wanted to say this. My last thought when we were talking about energy with Mark, I, I think nuclear is kind of interesting right now. You mean isn't it nuclear? Nuclear, nuclear. How did Bush say it? Nuclear. Nuclear. I, I never got that. Like it sounds the same to me as he says it as I say it. But people always made fun of how he said it. Nuclear, 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 nuke. Oh, nuclear. Nuclear. Anyway, moon or bust. They're talking nuclear and nuclear and crypto <laughs> right now. Stay tuned for that. We'll Harry catch Potter, you guys. Obama coin coming up now. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.